is the beautiful Alicia Fox. Spoke to you and said this, Bob, but my name's Billy. It doesn't matter what your name is. Loaded up with alcohol, more specifically vodka, whiskey, beer, tequila, more beer, more vodka, more whiskey, and more beer. He's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's coming in here. He's gonna puke. He's gonna puke. He's gonna puke. He's gonna puke. Three ain't enough now. I need five. Welcome in Jim, Ryan, Matt, Tim, and intern Mark. And after tonight, none of you in this ring will ever... Tim, we have a great guest. I need to get a drink of water. Tell the people why we have this great guest on, and then uh, and then we'll get to Bryce here in just a second. Absolutely. Well, our guest uh, tonight is here uh, in in honor of a, a national holiday coming up in the be- beginning stages of February, February tenth. Uh, this year, National Pro Wrestling Day has come once again. It's the sixth annual National Pro Wrestling Day, and this year it will be held in Lancaster, Pennsylvania at TELUS 360. Uh, it is a free event uh, to Best all. Best price ever. But they will be collecting donations on site for a charity. We'll let uh, our guests talk about that charity and so much more. But joining us tonight is the senior official of Chikara, as well as the director of fun, Mr. Bryce Remsburg. Bryce, welcome in. Good evening. Good evening, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. Did, did, did your bosses give you National Pro Wrestling Day off work this year? I do have it off. It is my favorite okay. holiday great. in all of February. Great, great. great. It's, it's my favorite holiday the whole year. I mean, there's, there's a National Hamburger Day. There's a National Take Your Fair to Work Day. There's a holiday for everything. So we decided to go ahead and make up our own National Pro Wrestling Day. It happens roughly around February, uh, a different charity every year, a different location every year. I am honored and pleased and pumped and excited and all of the above to bring it with me uh, to Lancaster this, this year. As you said, Sunday afternoon, February 10th, all ages event, totally free. Uh, charitable donation is welcome, but not mandatory. Uh, bringing all the stars of Shakara with me, and I'm, I'm I'm super pumped. Have you gentlemen uh, had the, the pleasure to be inside Telus 360 yet? I have not. I have actually. Yeah, I've been to Telus. It's very nice. Very nice venue. Couldn't have picked a better yeah. spot price. Yeah, no, I I toured four different venues in Lancaster uh, to select a place, and this was my first choice. And I'm so glad it worked out because this is the place that I really wanted to have it. Uh, and they've actually remodeled over the last few weeks. Actually, the, the, the temple, the large room, is even bigger. Uh, previously, the bar was on the side. It would have been a tight fit with the ring. Now the bar's at the end. Plenty of room for everybody. Uh, standing room, seats, seats on the stage. It's going to be great. And hopefully we can have it uh, totally packed and rocking on Sunday, February 10th. Fingers crossed. All, you know, the wrestling, pro wrestling day gods align. Uh, this can become a regular stop for Shakara here in Lancaster because I really feel like uh, I'm sure you guys have covered this in great detail on your on your show. 
um, the the market, the central Pennsylvania market, exceptionally downtown Lancaster, is ripe for something like this. Um, Chikara is fun for children. It's fun for hipsters. It's fun for grandparents. It's fun for dogs. Everyone has a good time at Chikara. And I think something like this is the perfect fit for um, 2019 Center City downtown Lancaster. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and Bryce, just a little bit of background uh, on yourself and 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 kind of on Chikara for those that uh, aren't really familiar with it. You you know, from for you yourself, you've come a long way from Gen One original to senior official uh, to director of fun. Um, but but give our audience and for anyone that is is unaware of uh, what Chikara is and and all of that and how you kind of got got caught up specifically in in their world oh well, i'm under a, a, a distinct hush agreement i know i'm just kidding I, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> uh chikara is our, our tagline is it's a comic book come to life it's a fun-filled lucha super party we're not here to insult anyone's intelligence uh we've been known for our long intrinsic years long storylines but you don't need to know those to follow. It's like you walk into a Marvel movie in the movie theater. You don't know all the background of Spider-Man, but you know you're going to have a good time because it's a good movie, and that's what we hope to achieve. Um, anything that doesn't fit within the confines of a PG movie doesn't fit in our events. Uh, we've been doing intergender matches since 2002, way before it was in vogue and fashionable. Uh, you know, ice cream cones wrestle ants. Cyberhawks wrestle, wrestle proletariat boars, no, no, no gender lines, no species lines, equal fights, equal rights, um, one part Cirque du Soleil, one part Marvel Live, one part pro wrestling, new generation, WWF era, my favorite personally, and uh, maybe a, a splash of like theatrics involved kind of make the Chikara package. It is a very good entry level for you know we all have had those girlfriends that didn't quite understand that quote-unquote pro wrestling thing <laughs> uh chikara chikara is a great entry point it is uh you know my now wife when we were dating would bring her friends to chikara shows because she doesn't care about pro wrestling but this weird ridiculous thing was fun to her um you know there's a bar at telus 360 wink wink if that helps the, the, the time you may have it's a wonderful irish pub with four floors of bars uh but yeah it's it's, it's wrestling for the non-wrestling fan it's a good time had by all my two-year-old son loves it uh you know fun for all ages and there's no better opportunity to give us a try then on National Pro Wrestling Day, as you mentioned, thank you, amazingly. Uh, thanks to our friends at Telus360. Thanks to, you know, everybody on the Chikara roster. Everyone is volunteering their time, volunteering their space. Uh, we're trying to put a positive spin on the two words that are pro wrestling. There are, uh, um, there's a negative stigma to a lot of people, especially locally, I understand, as I've gone to hang mm -hmm. up, try to hang up posters in some places. Uh, the words pro wrestling are bad words around here. We're trying to change that. We're trying to explore the positive power of professional wrestling. We're bringing a ring. We're bringing our crew. We're going to bring a fun event to a fun place on a Sunday afternoon. It will cost you zero dollars and zero cents to come check it out. If you're so inclined to give a little bit of money, that goes directly to a charity. It stays right here locally in Lancaster. It is a no-risk affair. You show up. You watch a couple matches. It's not for you. You go about your afternoon. No problem. No harm. No foul. Exactly. Uh, we're just we're trying to reinvent the indie wrestling wheel here in the Lancaster area. 
Uh, we're, we're trying to offer up a new flavor of ice cream. Maybe those have not tried <laughs> before. Maybe a new, a couple new colors on the on the art palette we can paint with here in Lancaster. We're offering something new, and like I said, it it, it, it could not be easier or or more stress free or more risk free to get on the bike and give it a try for us. That's all we're asking. Give it a shot. Come check it out. Bring the non-wrestling fan in your life. Bring the wrestling fan in your life. Bring your kids. Bring your grandparents. Bring your mailman. We're, 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 we're just exploring what we can possibly do here together in Lancaster. And uh, on a wing and a prayer, fingers crossed, uh, we'll be have a full house at Tele360 on Sunday afternoon, February 10th. If there's any group that can do it, it's absolutely Chikara. To change, to change the stigma of pro wrestling anywhere, uh, I'll put my money on Chikara uh, eight days of the week uh, for sure. Um, there's only seven. Spoiler alert. I w- exactly. Even if, they, <laughs> in, if somewhere along the line we decided to get rid of, of daylight savings time and we had to create that eighth day, uh, that is the day also that I would bet on Chikara for that. Uh, but you, you've mentioned right. you, you've mentioned Double the cast nothing. of characters. You've mentioned yeah, you've mentioned all the cast of characters that have that you can see in Chikara. And uh, one of my personal favorites uh, of the Chikara, of the the pantheon of all great characters through Chikara is the late great Dragon Dragon. Uh, so oh, we, we hardly knew him. I know, and uh, so I'm curious. I know that it's very hard to play uh, play favorites as the director of fun, but uh, sure. since you've been there since day one, has there ever as who is like if you could pick like a top five of your favorite mm. characters that have made their way in and out of Chikara? Who would you say uh, would be the most fun? My uh, two of my favorites of all time are no longer on the roster. This is no disrespect to our current roster. We have a very talented. Young, hungry, amazing Ross. But two of my favorites of all time are uh, a character that I perhaps had a hand or an idea or a, a creative stroke in creating uh, was someone by the name of Smooth Sailing Ashley Remington. Aha! Uh, he he has since gone out to sea. We haven't seen him while well. he sh- he showed up on a cruise recently. I understand. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't seen him since. Really handsome fellow. Hope he's doing well. Hope he's up to good things. Uh, uh, but yes, he and another gentleman, he was a, a band leader by the name of Archibald Peck. Ah, uh, Marty Archie. Uh, right. He is also, uh, I understand, in, a, in a, another life, he is uh, um, uh, moonlit as an attorney. He is moonlit as the uh, host of a basketball podcast. Yes. Uh, he's, a very, he's a very busy man, but I'm a big fan of, of Archibald Peck and Ashley Remington. Uh, if you are looking to get caught up, if you are curious. Our entire, we have a, a streaming service called Shikaratopia.com, mm-hmm. which is merged with the good folks at independentwrestling.tv, formerly known as Powerbomb TV. Uh, I believe the Chikara seasons up to 2011 are on independent wrestling TV, but every Chikara event ever of all time that was filmed is on Chikaratopia.com. Uh, both have free trials, seven-day free trial. As we speak right now, we are, I believe, 17 days for National Pro Wrestling Day at the independentwrestling.tv website. Uh, there you get a 20-day free trial with promo code Chikara. So you could sign up now, uh, you know, watch as many of the back events as you want and be all caught up as we roll into National Pro Wrestling Day. I can tell you that we are trying to figure out whether or not we can stream the event live. It will, it will definitely be filmed. It might be right. uh, video on demand the next day. But um, we're actually meeting at TELUS this coming Tuesday to figure out, this is above my pay grade, the internet 
connections and all that stuff. <laughs> I don't understand that stuff. I pay someone to do that as director of fun. But we're going to go run some tests and figure some stuff out and see if it is possible sure. physically, internetually, technologically to stream, live stream National Wrestling that we are working on and we <coughs> do hope to be able to do it uh, so everyone can, you know, we can throw in a telephone aspect as well and raise as much money as we can for the, the Art Street Center, which is located uh, right here, uh, you know, about a mile from where I'm sitting right now in my bedroom uh, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Absolutely. And, and let's this talk about... Perfect timing, guys. Just so you know, my, my wife, is, she would not let me talk. The, the season finale of The Good Place is on right now. Oh, my. And oh. I, was, I was banished to the bedroom. I said, how... Jokes on you! I got a podcast, baby. <laughs> as, as a married man myself, it is it is much safer just to to listen and, and go where whatever corner yep. of the house nope. that you're banished nope. to. But uh, it, we... it worked it worked perfectly. She, she's doing that. I'm doing this. All's right with the world. Perfect. All right. Now you had talked about the uh, the Art Street Center. Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, and we're really going to get into National Pro Wrestling Day. Um, with you at this time let's talk about that first let's how did the idea of national pro wrestling day come to fruition well it was uh, as i glossed over earlier it was really an effort to make uh, a connection to the positive power of pro wrestling you know uh, there's a lot of in the mainstream or the uninitiated mind when you talk about wrestling you think oh that's the those are the guys that do steroids and yell a lot which (laughs) sure when we were kids was actually true but it's not true now uh, pro wrestling is, is a community. I've, I've met some of my best friends in my life because of pro wrestling. I've, you know, had some of the other Gen 1 originals were at my wedding, and I've been to their weddings. Like, these are my college brothers. I'll be, I'll be in their lives forever. Like, I can't imagine my life without pro wrestling. I can't imagine my life without Chikara. That's positive power that it's brought me. So the least we think we can do is to bring that positive power back to other people. So every National Pro Wrestling Day since the first one back in 2013 in Philadelphia has been completely free. You're welcome to give a donation. It's not mandatory. No one's going to roll their eyes. No one's going to peer pressure you. We just want you to come experience pro wrestling, experience Chikara. We personally feel that the best way to experience Chikara is in a live event atmosphere. Uh, we've never been to Lancaster. We've never uh, promoted in, in, in almost 17 years of Chikara. There's never been a Chikara event in the 717 area code. Wow. Um, I grew up in Palmyra. I live in Lancaster. I am so excited to bring something that I love so much to a place that I love so much. Um, I just moved to Lancaster in August. I, it's you know my new home. I've come to really enjoy it. I've kind of been keeping my antenna up. No colony pun intended. Uh, <laughs> to, to see what goes what goes on around here, where the place is, and it's Pelican 360 is the place. The Art Street Center is the charity. Um, the Art Street Center is a wonderful facility right mm-hmm. here in Lancaster, kind of off the beaten path. If, if if we have local fans listening, they're about two blocks from Clipper Magazine Stadium. On uh, they're actually not on Art Street anymore; they're on Market Street, but they're tucked to the back street. They're kind of off the beaten path. A lot of people don't know about them, which the same could be said about Chikara in Lancaster. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, we're new to town. Not a lot of people know that we exist, except the Archery Center has been around for 35 years. They're in the 36th year of operation. They kind of offer a, uh, a place for people to feel like they belong. Uh, it's a center for, for adults with mental illness, that their mental illness unfortunately renders them, in many cases, unemployable. Not unemployable. It's hard for them to hold down a job. So, the Art Street Center is open almost identical to business hours, 10 to 5, 10 to 6 every day. Need a place to go, have lunch, have dinner, do your laundry, take a shower, play a little pool, play a little Nintendo Wii. 
catch up on emails, catch up on phone calls, play some board games. It's basically just kind of a place for people to feel like they belong. And a lot of them are on the autism spectrum. Uh, a lot of uh, we've found, for whatever reason, a, a scientific reason I don't quite understand, uh, folks on the autistic spectrum really enjoy Chikara. Maybe it's the colors and the moving parts and the whatever it is. Uh, so when I was talking to Telus360 back in October, um, they mentioned to me about this place I'd never heard of called the Art Street Center. I went over there and met with them, gave them a couple DVDs, and, and they were hooked. They loved Chikara. So uh, there'll be an entire VIP area at National Pro Wrestling Day. The Art Street Center has a couple of vans. Um, they're going to load up the vans. All the members are going to come over, and they're going to be treated like royalty at National Pro Wrestling Day. Uh, the day is for them. It's for Lancaster. It's for us. It's a wonderful facility that um, doesn't exist in every town, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. There isn't an archery center in every community. Lancaster's lucky to have one, and uh, we're lucky to be able to present this event for them. Uh, in, in sponsorship money alone, we've already raised over $2,700 for the archery center, which is, uh, uh, you know, wonderful. between the wrestling community and the Lancaster community, like, it's amazing. Our, our goal is to top $5,000 by the time we leave National Pro Wrestling Day. We're going to have a uh, a donation button set up on our on ChikaraPro.com and our Facebook page and all that during the event, and we're going to be collecting money live. We're going to be doing a uh, raffle intermission. So many wonderful local businesses have donated um, distillery tours of the Stolen Wolf dis distillery right there. Wow. But it's where you guys are right yeah, now. Yeah, kind of right around the corner from us here. Yeah, right, right. The, the uh, Going Bananas has donated a whole fun place, so we're ranging from kids to uh, adults. Uh, Dipco right downtown, right downtown Lancaster, right by the Central Market, the dispensing company. They just reopened after a fire. We have a gift card from them. We have a gift card from the Bread Peddler, which is a new restaurant in town. We got some, some swag, some goodies, like all hands on deck. And I like, I, I can't ex explain this enough what a, what a team effort this is. Awesome. It's, you know, every single member of the Chicago roster is donating their time for this. No one is making a dollar. Uh, the, the, the Telus 360 has donated their space to us. They've wow. opened their doors for us to come awesome. in, load the ring. You know, they're taking a chance on us. They've, they've had concerts. They've had burlesque. They've had acrobatic stuff. And uh, they're, they're opening the doors and letting us come in and, and do what we do there for the good of the community. Like, I can't say enough great things about the wonderful people at Telus 360 and just, like, rolling the dice on us, something they know next to nothing about. Um, the state of Pennsylvania insists that you have a doctor on on staff like at an event present live our doctor's donating his time he's wow. waving his fee he wants to give the money to the charity uh the, the penske the truck rental people we have to you know load the ring at the wrestle factory in philadelphia bring it out to lancaster uh they're helping us get a discount like everyone Great. from the top to the bottom is just making this such a wonderful team effort between the chikara staff and roster and the lancaster community just uh, again, it's it's like moving to to realize like how everyone is working together to make this event happen for uh, this for Lancaster, and it's been exciting for me as a transplant, as a newbie to Lancaster, as someone who just moved here uh, five or six months ago to learn how many great off center weird not we I don't mean weird as a derogatory term I mean weird as a compliment uh, yes. type people and things that are here in Lancaster. The, the Dutchland Rollers is a roller derby league. They're sponsors of the event. There's a, a, an event called ZenkaiCon, which is a uh, anime and cosplay convention in March every year mm -hmm. right in Center City, Lancaster. They're sponsoring the event. Uh, there's a, an art 
space and a brewery called Wacker Brewing Company, which is right by my house. That awesome. Awesome. If you guys haven't been, you should totally check it out. Wacker are the best. They've been amazing with their time and energy and help with spreading the word about the event. There's a, 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 a gaming store called Farbo, which is basically right across the street from Telus, right in Center City, Lancaster. And uh, Zotropolis, which is an independent movie theater with a distillery coming on the way. They've been great to work with. Uh, they're, they're showing our posters on their wait screens. Like if you go awesome. see a movie at Zotropolis and you're waiting for the movie to start, you're going to see a National Pro Wrestling Day poster. Wow. Uh, the guys that designed the poster donated their time. Like on and on and on. It's just an amazing team effort. And it's so I'm, I'm so excited to be a part of something and to help bring something that I'm so excited about to a place that I'm so excited about in front of people I'm so excited about. So, uh, and, and this is not to, to, to discount you fine gentlemen at three count Thursday, which, you know, is my favorite. What one better than two count Thursday as a referee. I appreciate the, the finality. <laughs> I appreciate you closing the loop, uh, but giving me a platform to come on and talk about this is exciting. Uh, it's, it's all, it's, it's all hands on deck. It's a team effort. We're all in this together. Nobody's making a penny. Nobody's making a nickel. Nobody's making a dime. We're, we're just here to bring a good thing to a good place for good people. And it's, uh, exciting. Um, I just said good place twice in two different ways. Achieve, achievement unlocked. And, and all donations, again, going to the Arch Street Center, which is a great, great yeah. cause. Um, so let's talk about the action. Are we at a spot where we can talk about some of the matches that the fans are going to see at National Pro we Wrestling can. Day? We can. I, I believe we have six out of seven announced, if I'm wow, not mistaken. Okay. Let me... Uh, we, uh, the, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Bryce. Uh, today we just announced actually a four-corner tag team match in, in under the Chikara rule system. A tag team needs to win three consecutive matches to challenge for Los Campeonatos de Pereas, which are our version of tag team championships. So we announced a four-corner tag team match just today. Uh, the tag team of the Bird and the Bee, which is Solo Darling and Willow Nightingale, will take on the Colony, which will take on the Proteus Wheel, and they will take on Los Ice Creams, which is going to be a wild and woolly affair, to be sure. If one of those teams can eliminate all the other three teams in that match, they have fast-tracked themselves to a championship match. Mm. Uh, speaking of those championships, we are in kind of a a situation, a bit of a cliffhanger from our previous season finale, which was season 19. This will be the season 20 premiere uh, in Lancaster on February 10th. Our, our current champions don't quite get along. They're not quite on the same page, but they're both, you know, well-seasoned professional wrestlers. They have our tag team championships. They, Princess Kimberly, she was Abby Lace in NXT. Uh, she's a former grand champion of Chikara. And the Whisper will defend their titles against Cornelius Crummels and Sonny Defarge, who are former champions. They have their work cut out for them. Uh, we're, we're, we're talking about Missile Assault Man one-on-one with Juan Francisco de Coronado. These guys have had some epic battles, some wars. If, if, if Papa Dave Meltzer were here, he'd be rolling out the stars for these guys. <laughs> they, just, they tear the house out every time they're in the same ring. Mm-hmm. Hopefully the, uh, the, the windows are reinforced to tell us 360. And uh, uh, what else? What else do we have on tap? We have uh, Cyberhawks and match. Fist. Uh, uh, Travis Huckabee and Tony Deppen, the seven one seven's own, a a, a legacy wrestling, yes, a PWG mainstay. Tony Deppen are going to be taking on Cyberhawks two thousand, which is a Razorhawk and Dangerhawk, the uh, the flyest birds in all the galaxy. And uh, what else do we have? I don't know. There was uh, Officer Barksdale. 
Oh, yes, Officer Barksdale will take on Hollow Wicked, who's a, a fellow Gen 1 original, a 17-year pro, a two-time grand champion. Hollow Wicked is a trainer over at the Wrestle Factory. He's kind of like the measuring stick in the Chikara ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Officer Barksdale, one of the newer graduates of the Wrestle Factory, will be testing his medal against one of our finest exports. Uh, Hollow Wicked is a kind of a guy, a name that's been synonymous with Chikara for the past 17 years. He's been all over the world. He's one of the most underrated, finest pro wrestlers. If, if Officer Barstow can hang with him, he can hang with just about anyone. And I, I think, think I'm forgetting the one. The other one that was announced, and, and I, I don't remember the name fully, It was it's still life, and there's a fruit oh, involved. Yes, sure, sure. Yes, yes, yes. We have a, 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 a stable called the Nouveau Aesthetic, which are kind of uh, postmodern artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one named Blank, who was formerly known as Race Jackson. He wears a mask now. Uh, he will be in the corner of his prize exhibit, which is his full wrestling name. It's really hard to chant, so bear with me. <laughs> Still Life with Apricots and Pears. That's his art exhibit. He'll be going one-on-one with the elite talents of Miss Penelope Ford. Uh, as we said, you know, equal rights, equal fights. We have a couple of intergender matches on the card. No big deal. <laughs> Uh, I believe we have one more to announce. That's six out of seven, and I am told that our our interim grand champion Dasher Hatfield will be in the house as well. So it's it's going to get interesting. It's going to be a whole thing. We're kicking off a new season uh, in a place we've never been, and I'm I'm so excited to to as I said, bring a thing that I love to a place I love in the in the spirit of a thing that I love. Uh, and hopefully I'll see all you gentlemen's absolutely. beautiful smiling faces in the house at Telus 360. Yeah, we uh, we absolutely are, are planning on uh, attending that great event coming up on Sunday, February 10th. We'll give another chance uh, later on as we wrap up the interview to uh, plug again all of the great information about this event. Um, but for me, I am a, I am a huge uh, Ready to Rumble fan. These guys it's true. mock me <laughs> uh, on a regular basis of my love of that great, great piece of pro- professional wrestling film. Um, you recently uh, had the opportunity to link up with former WCW uh, world champion David Arquette at an event. What was it like uh, <laughs> being with the Gordy Boggs? Well, uh, let me tell you something. I will not and cannot say a negative word about David Arquette. Awesome. This dude does not need to do this. He is, you know, he'll find money somehow, some way. His meet and greet line, I, I was shared a ring with him at Wrestlepalooza in Minneapolis, Minnesota two or three weeks ago. He wrestled Colt Cabana. And this guy couldn't have been nicer to the fans, to the guys in the locker room. He's just like a legitimate fan. He was watching the rest of the show. He was so nervous before he went out. His meet and greet line was moving so slow because he was stopping and having a conversation with everyone, learning their name. Uh, there was a nod. He actually beat Colt Cabana with a diamond cutter. Awesome. which is a nod to the movie. Awesome. Uh, he, uh, Cabana got up on the top rope and said, I will rule you. <laughs> which I mean. yes. Yeah, right? That is awesome. Uh, there, there, there weren't enough people for a four-post massacre, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, but, but, like, I don't know what he charges, but he's worth every penny. He could have been a nicer guy to everyone in the locker room, in the, in the crowd, the, the, the every, just amazing, off-the-charts experience. And then he, uh, when it was over, he tweeted me and said, great job. Thanks, Bryce. And I was like, well, nice. I'm going to awesome. put this down in the refrigerator like it's a report card, right? <laughs> exactly. And my, my wife was like, maybe we'll put it on the side. I was like, no, we're putting it on the front of the refrigerator. So for now, it's there on a frame. We'll see. When my son gets old enough to actually do impressive things, then we'll move it up the side. But for now, David Arquette's kind words are 
top of the pops for me. I, I yeah. I, if there are any promoters listening, beyond above and beyond the Call of Duty, I cannot say an even partially negative thing about him. Awesome. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I, I don't, I don't know the misses, but you can tell her from us that 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 does belong on the front, at least for <laughs> at least for the time being, at least for the time. Being. Okay. I'll fast She'll be like, are they two counts? No, no, I'll say three, three counts Thursday. Please. Right. How dare you underserve them with a kickout? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. We close that up. Um, That's right. That's right. So, Bryce, kind of in the same vein, um, do you have a favorite wrestling memory that you were part of? Oh, man. Chikara or uh, not even. We can we can branch out. I, I, my favorite probably, like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with a guy called Sweet and Sour Larry Sweeney. Mm-hmm. He was a, uh, a long – he started with Jakarta. He kind of blew up. He was a manager of the Ring of Honor. He was uh, a, 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 an enigmatic, one-of-a-kind talent. Uh, unfortunately, he struggled with mental illness, which is unfortunately why he took his own life in 2011, not to take a – cast a, a weird spell over things, but that's why mental illness is so close to our hearts mm-hmm. in Jakarta. Right. Uh, and he – we named – you know. The year that he unfortunately passed on, we named a tournament after him. Chikara existed for nine years without a primary singles championship. We had tag team titles. We had like a rookie title we called the Young Lions Cup. We did not have a, you know, a, a headline championship, which is now known as the Grand Championship of Chikara. So we named the tournament to crown the first Grand Champion after Larry Sweeney. It was called the 12 Large Summit. So this, you know... Six or seven month, twelve person round robin tournament all kind of culminated with the first Chikara I pay per view, which is what they were called back then before they were, you know, before you could stream on your phones, you'd order an I pay per view, you'd watch wrestling on your laptop or your computer, which was a big deal in 2011. And uh, the main event of the first Chikara I pay per view was Mike Quackenbush, the founder of Chikara, uh, against Eddie Kingston, who was Sweeney's best friend fighting for this title and I was the referee for the match. It really felt like mm. that night is when Chikara arrived. It was, you know, the world saw it. We had 800 people in the ECW arena in South Philadelphia and it was just professionally and emotionally, it was so fulfilling uh, for what we did for, for Sweetie's memory, what we did for Chikara. Just, it was, it was an amazing night and that uh, I will be hard pressed to like beat that as a memory. Um, I am, however, this is a bit of, you know, future prognosticating, uh, but I have been lucky enough to referee in, I think, 30 or 31 states and six countries and in front of all kinds of different crowds of people from crowds as small as 10 or 15 people to as big as, you know, 2,500 people at the, the Hammerstein Ballroom or the Manhattan Center in New York City. Uh, but on May 25th, I'm going to be refereeing at the MGM Grand Arena in Las Vegas. Wow. Uh, in front of, you know, I don't know, I believe it holds 17,000 people. I don't know if it will sell out. Tickets aren't even on sale yet. But, like, the fact that, you know, someone like me who's been at the game for such a long time gets to do something like this, you know, in my 18th year as a referee is, like, really exciting and fulfilling. And, uh, you know... Keep your eyes peeled to what the, the good gentlemen at All Elite Wrestling are doing because I, I I think they have a vision that is different than anything we've seen before, and uh, I think they have something to offer the wrestling world that hasn't been offered previously. Awesome. That's yeah. fair to say. 
Congratulations on that. And 17,000 is a little bit more than normally tunes into three count. Just a little bit, though. Just, just, yeah, that's just, a couple. Yeah. Really, really good. Wow. Congratulations. You guys usually peak around 16,500. Right? Yeah, right, yeah, right, right, right around there. We're right not going to brag about yeah. it. but yeah. <laughs> Wow, I like. I'm taking it back, Bryce. That's awesome. Like, I was already yeah, excited for All Elite Wrestling, but now that I know that you're officially all in is oh. I, yeah, it, it, it's one show it's you know hey, I'm, I'm really one, I, i'm really nice i'm really glad that one is one young bucks up but i used to pick up the young bucks at the airport in 2009 2010 when they would come to chikara the young bucks are former chikara campaign yep. they held our ta- they held our tag team titles in 2012 and 13 i want to say uh we were the first uh, the, the, the Young Bucks will tell you this. The, the first promoters to give a plane ticket to believe in the Young Bucks to fly them across the country was Chikara. And I used to be the one that would pick them up at the airport. And I'm so lucky I was nice to them. <laughs> and I'm so lucky that they liked me. And, uh, yeah, I got a really exciting Twitter DM on Christmas Eve. And, uh, yeah, I'll be, in, I'll be in Vegas in, in, in May. And, uh, yeah. Support it. Support wrestling. Heck Support absolutely. wrestling small. Support wrestling small and big. You know, one one thousand percent. So awesome. But uh, to to change gears back to Jakara, uh, I didn't want to let you go without asking a personal, not personal, but a question that's been sitting on me uh, and other Jakara fans. I told you, I'm married. I'm I know. A- I know. <laughs> You've told me numerous times before that. <laughs> I know. It's, it's you not, asked my it, address. I said no. It's not. It's not you. It's me. I get it. I understand. Yeah, um, right. 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 But for the Chikara fans that are watching and listening at home, um, you had mentioned earlier about a, a little bit of wishy washiness with the uh, the Campeonatos de Parejas, but there's also some a bit of uncertainty with the Grand Championship right now. As you mentioned, the interim champion uh, Dasher Hatfield uh, at the end of season nineteen. We also saw the return of Mr. Touchdown, Mark Angelicetti, who is the actual Chikara Grand Champion. Um, as the director of fun, I know that you've had your your mind and the gears are spinning in multiple directions, including National Pro Wrestling Day. Uh, but where, uh, where, are you, where are you at in the headspace of, of figuring out what's going on with the, the Chikara Grand Championship? That is an excellent question. Uh, to, to bring everyone up to speed, uh, Mr. Touchdown, Mark Angelo, said he won the Grand Championship. He ended a 16- uh, or 17-month reign of Juan Francisco de Coronado back in August at Chikarasaurus Rex. Uh, the next event, three weeks later at King of Trios, he hurt his ankle and was unable to defend the title. So I, as director of fun, realized we needed to have a Grand Championship title defenses on Chikara events. We'd never been in this boat before. We'd never had an, an injured Grand Champion. So I gave Mr. Touchdown the power to name his interim grand champion, name the person that would defend the belt in his honor, in his stead. And he named Dasher Hatfield, which is no surprise. It's his, his, his step-cousin-in-law, his tag team championship partner. As long as Mr. Touchdown's been in Chikara, which I think is six or seven years at this point, yeah. he's, been linked to da- he's been linked to Dasher Hatfield. He named Dasher the champion. Dasher defends the belt successfully, I think, four times in the back half of the mm-hmm. season. And then at the season finale, Mr. Touchdown shows up and announces that he's cleared to return. He's ready to take the belt back and be the champion again. And Dasher Hatfield hits Mr. Touchdown with the belt. Um, normally, around the holiday season, we take some time off. The offices close. 
you don't get a, a hold of people. You're not in the constant conversation. This is our first event back. We've been, you know, we, we, by the time February 10th comes along, we will have gone nine weeks without promoting a live event, which is a long right. time for us. Oh, absolutely. Uh, usually, so a couple events a month. Um, I have asked both Dasher and Mark to be in Lancaster on February 10th. Mm. Um, I don't know that we'll get some resolution, but I do know that, I mean, it's Mark's belt. And uh, he won the title. And, and the understanding that we all, the three of us, that I thought the three of us right. had, is that when Mark was physically cleared to return, he would resume the duties of grand champion. Correct. I got a doc. I have a doctor's note that says Mark is physically cleared to return. Uh, Dasher is in a physical possession of the belt itself. That's nine tenths. Uh, but <laughs> that is nine tenths of law. That is true. But logistically, and by all intents and purposes, Mark is the champion. Right. So, as I said, I've asked them both to be in Lancaster on February 10th. And perhaps we can air some grievances live and figure some stuff out as only the pro wrestling world. What would be a national pro wrestling day without airing your grievances and talking about your feelings into a microphone when music plays when you enter? I mean, that's that's how it's going to (laughs) be. That sounds sounds like there's going to be some business. Yeah, we'll see what we can accomplish in Lancaster. All right. Now that I've hit you with the hard question, uh, uh, I'll give you a little bit of a layup. I'm currently addicted to the Kingdom of Trios game uh, that's available on mobile. It's also free. It is also free. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the game and be honest. How many hours have you put in on it? Uh, Not as many as I would have liked because I am. Well, you're director of fun. uh, Yeah. I I, I have played it. It's it's addicting. I. uh, Many of my hats don't allow me a lot of free time. Uh, the one of my, my daytime job, the one of director of fun, the one of uh, father and husband of good place watching wives. Uh, but I, 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 it is great. It's free. It's worth a shot. I, everybody I've talked to say, says it's so addicting. It is. And I know that a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of man hours and time have gone into uh, making it be possible. So I'm excited mm-hmm. that the public is now able to digest it and enjoy it. And a, and a lot of, of elbow grease and time went into making it. And I implore everyone to check it out. It's uh, both, both Android and Apple device compatible and friendly and free. Yep. And that's kingdom of trios. If you're looking for yes. it on your uh, Google's play store or your uh, iOS uh, Apple mm-hmm. marketplace. Super. Have at it. Have at it. All right, Bryce. One question that we we always like to ask when we have we have superstars on is their dream match. Like what what superstar? What type of match? What what is their dream match? So you as an official, if you could if you could put yourself in in to officiate any contest across the history of this great business, what would what would your dream match to officiate be? If I'm taking away all points of logistics and what's possible and what's not mm-hmm. yes i will tell you straight up uh the uh um it would be andy coffin versus jerry lawler in memphis in 1982 nice. uh, i have long carried a torch for the intersection of comedy and wrestling mm-hmm. hence my fandom of colt cabana and david arquette nashley remington and archibald peck uh and on and on and on uh but uh it, I've been obsessed with wrestling since I was probably eight or nine. I've been obsessed with Andy, Andy Kaufman probably since I was 13 or 14. Uh, I saw Man on the Moon twice in the theater. And, you know, 
he died when I was one. Uh, so the odds of me refereeing for him were not good, let's right. be honest. Uh, there was not good odds of that. But I've refereed for Jerry Lawler. I've refereed for a match in which Jimmy Hart was managing on the outside. Wow. I have not refereed in Memphis yet, but it's on my bucket list. I do aspire to referee a one pro wrestling match in the city limits of Memphis. Uh, and my current T-shirt that I am begging people to buy at shows is an homage to Andy Kaufman's Intergender Wrestling Champion of the World shirt. So I good. wore it and showed it to Jerry Lawler when I was in New Orleans last year for WrestleMania and got my picture taken with him wearing it. So I have... Uh, I have played six degrees of Andy Kaufman as much as I possibly can, I think, except until I get to Memphis and referee, because I will never referee for, but I've done everything I can to try to, you know, be as close to him as possible. And I, you know, talk Jimmy Hart's ear off asking Andy Kaufman questions. I asked Jerry Lawler a bunch of questions like, but that was my dream match. Like, uh, you know, uh, Mid-South Coliseum, 1982, Kaufman versus Lawler, like, oh man, Can't that's, that's it. That's, yeah, that's that, that's pro. That's pro wrestling. That's uh, that's about as perfect as it gets. And and if you have any of those shirts that are fat man friendly, you have at least one sale of uh, okay, of that right. because I, I love that movie. Uh, my my dad loved my dad loved Andy Kaufman. He loved showing it to showing him uh, to me as I was growing up. So that that is a definite sale. Uh, fat yeah, man the, friendly. The that's, dude, so, that's so the PC. Dude, they're actually they're they're sponsoring the event at at LVAC Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. They printed those shirts. They even took it upon themselves to put like some cool puff ink stuff in the black, so it feels like it's velvet, like like oh. a 1982 T-shirt. Like it's awesome. It's so cool. That's... So yes, please, yes. All right, that's perfect. Yeah, that's for sure. So Bryce, before we uh, before we let you go here tonight, um, let everybody know where they can kind of keep track of you and 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 your journey through this uh, this great business, and also just remind everyone again about the great event, uh, Pro Wrestling uh, National Pro Wrestling Day on Sunday, February tenth. Do you want my address? Is that where you keep track of me? Where I where am I? Well, we can't you do that. Told me I could do that. Is <laughs> Tim's here at the table? I'll take my headphones off. I'm, uh, I can be found dropping my son off at daycare most mornings in the greater Lancaster area. That's all I'm going to say. I know you guys got cameras everywhere. Uh, no, I'm I'm on the internet at, at Dub Rice is Right on Twitter. Uh, a woman, when I signed up for Twitter, had Dub Rice is Right. Uh, she wouldn't give it up. I asked many times, and I finally said, I'll, I'll, I'll explore my street side. I'll be Dub Rice is Right. There you go. Uh, and then maybe a, a year or two ago, she finally was like, you can have it. I was like, you know what? I don't want it anymore. <laughs> you know? I had also made a bunch of shirts that said Dub Rice is Right. And I was like, ah, it's kind of a part of me. Uh, and so that's my Twitter handle. I'm on Instagram sometimes, Facebook once in a while. Uh, but uh, I am very interested, especially now, as, you know, I am – Pro wrestling is not my income. It doesn't pay my bills. It's this fun hobby that I have. So I love doing things that are uh, different, out of the box, uh, weird ideas in, in fun places. Uh, tomorrow night I'm doing an event in Silver Spring, Maryland at a, thea- a theater company has, is running their first wrestling event. It's like very theatrical and there's like, um, well, it's sold out for whatever reason. I don't know. It's their, this guy's doing it for the first time and it's sold out. Like that's interesting to me. I want to go do things like that. Uh, and I'm just so lucky to know so many people to be so plugged in that, you know, I can be in the ring with 
uh, Kiku Taro in Orange Cassidy in Asbury Park, New Jersey, and then I could be in the ring a week later with David Arquette and Colt Cabana in Minnesota, and now I'll be in a theater in Silver Spring, Maryland tomorrow night, and I'll be at Telus 360 in a couple weeks. Like the wrestling journey where it's taken me, I'm 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 super super lucky, and I've been I think my I'm very low odds of experiencing CTE for all my wrestling adventures. So there's that. Uh, I've you know gone places and met people and done things that I shouldn't be allowed to do. I'm super lucky and I'm I'm super uh, excited to that anyone even cares to talk to me, let alone you know I'm it's it's all great. It's it's cool. Mm-hmm. It's great. And uh, I hope I'll see all of you, fine gentlemen, and every person listening at National Pro Wrestling Day at Telus 360 on Sunday afternoon, February 10th at 2 p.m. Um, Telus 360 has an event that night. We'll be done by 4.30. We'll have you about your way. I encourage everyone to go out and make a day of it. If you're from out of town, come into Lancaster. Uh, check out the, some of the sponsors. Go have dinner. At, uh, go have one of those awesome hot hot, hot dogs and a, and a pint of beer at Wacker Brewing Company or wherever. Make a day of it. But it starts at 2. It'll be over at 4.30. Donations are welcome. They're accepted with a smile, but they are not mandatory. Uh, there, there is no no barrier, uh, no wall of entry. Just come and, come and give us a shot. Check it out. Let's all enjoy pro wrestling together. Uh, um, if there's, there'll be a bar there, if that's your thing, you want to bring your kids, no problem. They'll put uh, little tiny X's on their little tiny hands. Everyone of all ages, colors, creeds, whatever. Everyone is welcome at National Pro Wrestling Day. And we are so excited to explore the power, the positive power of professional wrestling right here in the Red Rose City for the very first time. All right, Bryce, thank you so much. We look forward to seeing you at that great event uh, in just a couple of weeks. Cheers, guys. Thanks for having me. Take right, care, you, Bryce. Bryce. Have a good night. Have a good night. Tonight we are we are uh, joined. We are happy to be joined by Nyla Rose. Let's welcome her into the show now. Nyla, how are you this evening? I am great. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing very good. We thank you for joining us. Yes, Nyla, thank you. Oh, thanks for having me. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. So uh, the first thing we, we always kind of like to do is just a little bit of background. And, and um, I think one of the questions I enjoy hearing answers to is where did your passion for this business begin? And, and who were maybe some of the superstars that uh, that helped strengthen your desire to be a, uh, a pro wrestler? Oh, that's, that's a really good question. Um so I actually grew up on wrestling. Um, my grandmother, she grew up on wrestling because, you know, she grew up in, in the golden age of it. Um, and uh, it's always been, you know, a thing she's enjoyed. So when I was about seven or eight, she kind of got me into it. And it was like a bonding experience for the two of us. Um, I was just always attracted to, you know, the pageantry of it all and just the for lack of a better term, over the topness of it all. And um, that that just stuck with me. And, and eventually I found a wrestling school and I, I made the mistake of joining up and here we are. All right. Now let's uh, let's talk about the, uh, the actual wrestling school that, that you found. Um, how did you get hooked up with there? And then can you describe like what their training program was like? Yeah, um, so I I got joined up with the Kaida Pro Wrestling School. They at the time they were in Manassas, Virginia. Um, now they have sort of had a resurgence, and they are in West Virginia. Um, 
but but yeah, at the time they were in Manassas, Virginia, and you know when I me and my best friend growing up, we we both had a passion for it. We watched it religiously on Monday nights. You know, we had our TV set up where we could watch Raw and then hit last, and it would go to Nitro, mm-hmm. and then we would watch as much Raw as we could because Nitro did the replay. So we had we had a system. Like, we had it down. Um, we, we decided, you know, we were going to give it a shot. We went and checked out, or actually, uh, he went and checked out Kaida Pro without me, told me about it, and then I was like, you know what? I got to go. I'm sold. Like, let's do this. Uh, I signed up, and and I... I fell in love with it. Um, I, I do have a background in a lot of physical activity and in, in martial arts and everything, so it was it was pretty natural for me. You know, it was grueling, it was hard, it was tough, and I'm not gonna lie, there were times where I felt that I wanted to, and and I questioned myself like, should I give up? But I obviously stuck it out and stuck with it, and 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 I I have no regrets. I loved every minute of my journey. Awesome. Now you said that uh, during that time you were kind of flipping back between Raw and and Nitro. Who who was your favorite from each brand? Were, were you like an Austin fan on on Raw and Nitro? Who who was your favorite <laughs> on each side? So oddly enough, at the time I was I was so sick to death of Austin that I kind of started the We Hate Steve Austin fan club back then okay. and then eventually when he started doing the whole what gimmick and like it became really really interesting to me so i had to kick myself out of my own fan club that i started <laughs> um so, that was that was a little you know our little our little joke back in high school but um no during that time growing up i was a huge fan of Shawn michaels and the undertaker and definitely definitely from his debut all the way through every iteration, it had been the Undertaker hands down. Okay. Uh, and anybody from WCW, or were you just kind of flipping over just to keep watching wrestling? Um, mo- like honestly, mostly just to watch wrestling. Okay. But um, you know, Rey Mysterio, I definitely was a fan of his back in WCW days. Diamond Dallas Page, um, he was just so charismatic to me. Like he, he was, he was, you know, a cute, arrogant, kind of douchey, but like kind of a badass guy and like for whatever reason i just thought the diamond cutter was like the coolest thing ever sure i remember like i know jim and i um grew up kind of watching wrestling together as well um but we were both wwe guys but we always would watch nitro as like commercial breaks and it was hard to flip back and forth there was a lot of uh the previous channel button i think we wore that out on our remote so it's (laughs) it's great to hear the, the similarity with that um now, kind of back to the training at Kaida, um, what, what do you think was the most valuable lesson that you learned there? Was it just to not give up and keep going? Um, probably, I would say the most valuable lesson, you know, uh, perseverance, um, that, that's, that's something that should be taught early on. You know, it, nothing worth having in this life is easy, and that goes for the entertainment business your regular personal life, if you're a taxi driver, if you make pizzas, whatever walk of life you're from, just remember that. Like, if you want it, if you need it, if it's worth having, it's not going to be easy to get. Um, But from Kaida, personally, I think the biggest lesson that I've learned is, uh, this, this might be a trade secret, I hope I don't piss anybody off here, but just keep your mouth shut and your ears open. 
you know, if you're if you're busy flapping your gums, you're not going to hear the lesson. You're not going to take in the information. You're not going to learn. Um, and I, I would I would venture to say that is a huge part of the success that I've had in this business is just knowing when to keep my mouth shut, knowing when to listen, knowing when to learn. And then that's not saying be a pushover, you know, let people walk all over you, but it's, it's I guess, um, a better way to say it is like knowing how and what to communicate. All right. Now, Jim, I know that's not the first time we've heard that. I know we had uh, with Danny Cage when he was on, that was one of his, you know, lessons that he preached very hard was, was eyes open, mouth shut. Uh, and, and a lot of respect. Yeah, no. Oh, yeah, it's that's invaluable. Oh, certainly. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's something that I mean, like you said, in, in any in in any occupation is is probably a, a smart thing. But especially, uh, you know, from all the people that we've talked to uh, in in this business, particularly, it, it is something that I think is probably critical to success. Um, now you uh, you have a background in taekwondo and judo. Um, Could you? I'm trying to think of the best way to, to word this. Is is that something that you can translate into your uh, to, into your work in the ring? And, and kind of how how do you how did you go about doing that and putting those two worlds together? I guess what you're trying to ask is, am I a dangerous mofo? Yes, I am. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, it's so at the risk of sounding cocky and anybody knows me knows that it's definitely not me. Um, I, I really strongly believe that my, my background in, you know, the martial arts world helped me progress through wrestling school as quick as I did. Um, you know, a lot of people, they, they kind of, geez, I, I don't want to say it, but I really don't know any other way to say it. They kind of lack the physical capabilities and they have to, you know, train longer or, or different methods, you know, just, they don't, it's like they don't know their own bodies for lack of a better term. Um, but with the martial arts, I felt I got a good, a good early on with knowing my body and knowing how I move and which translated to ring awareness and, you know, being able to, to do some complicated, complex, you know, motor whatever, without necessarily, you know, looking where I'm going to land, but I still land in that spot or, you know, just something along those lines. Um, I guess that was a really complicated way to answer that question. But yeah, I think the martial arts definitely helped me with uh, a lot of the ring work and ring presence, as it were. All righty. Now, um, after after your training, you actually uh, spent some time studying acting. Um, how do you feel that this made your transition um, into the ring, did that help you maybe cutting promos, developing your character at all? Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I didn't, I didn't really go David Arquette with it, or I mean, maybe I did because I was actually an actress before I was a wrestler. I, I have been acting from, you know, elementary school, you know, elementary school plays and. You know, I did a little bit of, you know, child acting, you know, on the outside. I had an agent, do a little bit of modeling. Like, that was my world. You know, that, that side of the entertainment business was my world. Um, I was definitely a theater geek in high school. I never thought wrestling would actually be obtainable. So, you know, when I found out Kaido was only like 40 minutes from my house and, 
you know, I have a car now so I can drive there and I've got my friend who's going to go with me, you know, so everything just kind of fell into place and it just, it just worked out. Um, the acting definitely does lend a very, very good uh, aspect to it. If you have that background, you, you're already used to working in front of a crowd. You're already used to working in front of a live crowd, sure. especially if you do theater like I have. Um, you know, and then being able to do character work, character study, um, character design, art design, all those aspects of the acting world. And again, I do stress theater because when you are doing theater, community theater, professional theater, um, when you're doing those things, you wear a lot of hats in that industry. So you, you have no choice but to learn these different trades and, and crafts and all of them apply in pro wrestling. Yeah, no, I, I, I've always kind of related wrestling to almost kind of a, you know, live action theater. So ha having that experience, uh, you know, and, and being able to create a character, make it believable, I think is, is probably, um, you know, I, I think to, to be able to reach into the audience or reach through a screen and, and grab somebody and grab their attention um, is, is, you know, is, is very critical, uh, not as critical as, as in-ring ability, but, um, you know, is, is, is huge, I think for, for what, for what you guys do. Oh, for sure. And it's, it's, it's a very often skipped over aspect of wrestling. And I, and I really think, um, a lot of people kind of, uh, miss out on it and, and, you know, no fault, no fault of their own, because a lot of times in wrestling schools, you don't have somebody with an acting background. You're just getting the wrestling side of things. So I would implore those people to seek out an acting class. There, there are tons and tons of free and crazy cheap, way cheaper. If you're paying to go to wrestling school, I promise you, you can find an acting class, an acting program that's going to be cheaper than your wrestling school. Invest in yourself. You are a business. You have to spend money to make money. Take the time. Take a little bit of cash. Go to an acting class. You don't need to, you know, do the Lawrence Olivier Extreme Program, but hop on Groupon, get you 20 bucks, take a beginning actor's class, and learn the fundamentals. It will pay off dividends. I promise you. And then uh, after Kaida closed down, you you linked up with Covey Pro Wrestling, a, a company that you know, we're we're pretty familiar with. Uh, looking back on your your start there, uh, what are maybe some things that you were able to take away, and and what did being a part of that company um, do for you and help you grow uh, in your career? Um, they really, you know, they uh, that's kind of a tough, complicated answer. Uh, maybe even a bit controversial. Um, we like controversy they, here. They, did, <laughs> they definitely did give me the platform to showcase myself and, and my resurgence, as it were. I took a little bit of time off uh, between Kaida and, you know, uh, coming back at Kobe Pro. So for them, I, I thank them. I can't thank them enough because, like I said, they, they definitely did give me that opportunity to, to work for them, and, and they helped me out in that regard. But I do feel like a lot of my talent was wasted and stifled at that company. Um, I don't 
know what happened behind the scenes or with management, but a lot of times we just butt heads. We didn't see eye to eye. Um, but the the short, most diplomatic answer I can give is I just I felt I was really stifled at that company. Um, I don't think I was used to the best of my ability. Wow. Okay. So uh, what you're saying is you would blame it on Louis G. Rich. I know he was, I think, a champion there. So <laughs> is that? I blame everything on Louis G. Rich. I, See, I'm not I the only one. I stubbed my toe this morning and I cursed his name. I bet he felt it too. I bet he did. It's kind of a, <laughs> a running joke between me and Louis, I guess. But uh, it's good to know I'm not the only one that feels that way. <laughs> no comment from me. So that's the smartest thing, Jim. You, you're as even keel as it comes with that. Uh, so, Nyla, uh, thank you again for joining us, folks. We're talking to Nyla Rose here on Three Count Thursday. Um, still to come, we're definitely going to talk to you about your Japan trip. I can't wait to get that um, out and talk about uh, your trip to Japan. But first, we'd like to know, um, let's talk about the creation of the character, like the native beast, and how different is that ring persona from how you actually are outside of the ring? Um, in in some regards, it is it is very close because I... I can be very sweet and innocent until you you find that one button that just sets me off. But I, I don't I don't quite go all like werewolf in real life. You know I don't I don't get as visceral. Um, but but the the creation of the native beast was was very organic. Uh, in in finding my new self and finding my new character, I I had no idea where I wanted to go with it. Um, so I just kind of picked a base and, and ran with it. Um, the the design for the costume kind of came from Blondie from Sucker Punch. Uh, I, I saw that and I really liked how all that was going and I decided I wanted to do something to play into my Native American heritage. What? I had no idea. So when I finally saw Sucker Punch, you know, I started, the gears started turning and I kind of had an idea of where I wanted to go. So I just did some things and played around with it. I saw what worked, what didn't work, um, removed those elements and, and just kept the evolution ever, ever changing. Um, one day on commentary, and it, I didn't even hear it at the time, but watching back an old Kobe show, I heard, um, oh, geez, who was it? Just in time, I heard him say that I was a beast of a woman. And I, it, it made me giggle. It kind of made me giggle. Sure. And I referenced it again in a promo, and it kind of caught on, and people started calling me a beast and saying that I was such a beast and go beast mode. And I was like, there's something to that. Like, if, if people, if that's connected with people, if they're throwing it back at me, I sure. need to take that and run with it. So I wish I had a better answer for you. I really don't remember what was the key moment, like what triggered it. But I, I definitely listened to everybody. I took that saying, everything they were saying about beast, 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 and just kind of ran with it and let it naturally evolve to what it, where it is now. Absolutely. Probably sometimes I would think the best way is just to kind of let it naturally happen and, and just take it as it comes. Take what's given to you. Yeah. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't do anything but piggyback on that. That's Yes. Right. <laughs> All right, now, uh, in the past, we've had uh, Maria Manic on the show. She actually mentioned you specifically as an inspiration to her um, in some of her early success. 
she attributes a lot to to you. Um, what are some of the things, uh, most important things that you try and pass on to those that are starting in the industry? Really, um, anything and everything that I can. Um, you know, not not that I've been to the big dance or that I've you know done all these amazing great things because I haven't. I'm I'm still. Yeah, I've done some pretty awesome things, but I'm still on my own journey and I'm still figuring things out. But to someone who's just starting out, yeah, I'm a lot further ahead than you. So, you know, what did we say earlier? Mouth shut, ears open. And I'm, I'm going to have your best interest at heart. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to control someone's life. You've got to make your own mistakes. You have to figure things out for yourself. You have to figure out what works for yourself. But... But Maria, um, we actually, uh, she came down to the training school, trained her a little bit, and the girl has a lot of potential. She has a ton of potential, and she has a dynamite look. You know, if she keeps with it, if she keeps polishing herself, she's going to go far. That's, that's a fact. I, I, I honestly, truly believe that. Um, but we just clicked on a personal level, and, you know, I, I guess you could say I took her under my wing. But, yeah, I just wanted to share every experience with her so that she could – uh, kind of be better informed or better prepared for when she, it's her turn to make those decisions was really the biggest thing for me. Absolutely. Uh, I think she's had a repeat guest on our show, actually. We've had her, uh, I think, twice on the show, and she's spoke very highly of you uh, both of the times. Ew, why? No, I'm kidding. Totally kidding. <laughs> That's Matt. Matt does all the booking, so you can't blame any of us for that. <laughs> And Matt, Matt's, I think, enjoying his birthday. Is it his birthday weekend, I think? Or? Yeah, I think yeah, his birthday so is tomorrow, I believe. Hey, we, we, happy we've, birthday. We've given him some time off. That, you were the first person to say that to him. <laughs> the co-host didn't even say it to him. Um, now, as I, as I brought up just before, um, you recently had returned from Japan, um, where you had seemed to have left your mark now on a more international scene. Um, was that always a dream for you to get to Japan? Yes. The short answer is yes. I have always dreamed of visiting Japan. Um, I, I, I would say never in my wildest dreams, but yes, in my wildest dreams, I was wrestling in Japan. I was living in Japan. And, and this summer, this past summer, I got to live out that wildest dream of mine. And, and it, it still feels very much like a dream. I can't believe that I live that as a reality. Um, it, I don't even know what to say. Like I'm, I'm kind of dumbfounded at my own experience, but it was, it was nothing short of magical. And and I hate to overhype it or like, you know, be so cliche about it. But it just everything that that moment meant for me because of where I wanted to be and everything that I kind of put into that. Mm-hmm. Um, especially never believing it would be attainable. And I just simply mean even visiting Japan. Um, for me to actually live out that dream and live there and work there and meet some amazing people and work for such an incredible company, marvelous, and and all that is just mind blowing to me. Now, um, how specifically the crowds? How how is it is it different performing in front of a Japanese crowd compared to a, a United <laughs> States crowd? Like, can you tell us the differences between that? Yeah, um, there there are a lot of uh, subtle nuances um, that you really have to experience to kind of kind of you know really understand. But the biggest difference is just their overall appreciation 
of uh, wrestling over there. And then not to, you know, crap on American fans. You guys love your wrestling and we love you for it. Um, but it's the way that they show their appreciation is the biggest difference is what I mean. Here in America, you know, and I, I can't speak for Canada or Mexico. I've never been there yet. So if any promoters are listening, hint, hint, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, but here, you know, it's, it's constant uproarious noise and just overall boisterousness throughout the entire show, mm-hmm. you know, if it's a good show. <laughs> but, you know, that's what you want. You just want the crowd making all kinds of crazy ruckus. In Japan, that's not the case. So even though you know that going into it, you know they, they watch it a very different way. Um, they watch it almost like live theater. Um, it's it's very uh, very appreciative. You know, you come out, you do your thing, and everybody applauds and they cheer, they go crazy. But then it's really really quiet, and you'll do something, and you have that moment of like, yeah, I just did an awesome thing, you guys, and they don't give any sort of response to that. <laughs> You're like, crap, they hate me, they hate everything I'm doing. Why am I doing this? And then you do, like, the one little technical thing, and they go bananas. And you're like, okay, maybe they are still with me. Right. Now, do, do you think it's, like, a respect thing? Or is it just the way that they, oh, they totally. watch it and, and digest it differently than a United States crowd? Totally. It's, it's totally a respect thing. It's, and that's exactly what it is. They appreciate it for every aspect, the art form, the athleticism, athleticism artistry. The, the, the other thing I said wasn't a real word. Um, but we believe it, you. It's definitely, a, <laughs> it's definitely a respect thing, and and it's 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 a bit of a learning curve. It's a bit you know unnerving because it's you could drop a pin. It is so dead quiet. But in Japan, you want it to be dead quiet because that means they're paying attention. That means they're watching it. They're looking at every little thing you do. So every little thing you do has to be super crisp. Jim, are you there? I am here, yeah. Here, oh. I thought, you got sidetracked. I'm no, sorry. no, I'm good. No, it's back to you then. Oh, it's back to me. My, I apologize. I, I tossed it over to All you. All right. <laughs> we, 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 I swear we've been doing this for like for for more than two years. We're not complete amateurs. Um, th- now, this question this question is definitely more of a Matt question. We had, uh, we've had a couple of guests that have done some cosplay shoots, and I think one of them, uh, the first one we had, we actually, between Ryan and I, weren't like even a hundred percent sure what cosplay was. Uh, so this is definitely a Matt question. So uh, shout out to him again uh, in his uh, happy birthday weekend. Um, you've you've done some cosplay shoots. Are there any that uh, are have been your favorite? Would you say? Oh wow! Um, I haven't done nearly as many as. I wish um, I get I get all these ideas in my head, but because I work on the weekends, I never really get to get them out there. Um, I would probably say Red She-Hulk. Uh, I did I did Red She-Hulk um, for what was that? Oh goodness, Baltimore Comic Con. Um, that was just a lot of fun because you never really see Red She-Hulk. It's always you know the classic the the green She-Hulk. Um, so people seem like they really appreciated it. Um, a few people mistook me for Hellboy's sister. Uh, what's her name? Purgatory. So, uh, so it was a, you know, I, I felt like maybe I should have done a few things different, but I really don't know what I could have done different. Maybe it was just the fact that nobody's used to seeing Red She-Hulk, I guess. I, 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 I don't even, 
No, I'm sorry. What most of that meant because I'm just not a cosplayer. <laughs> so that was like Jim. Jim's not joking. That was a hundred percent of a Matt question, and I forget who it was. <laughs> Brittany Blake, I believe, he was talking about cosplay for like three of the questions. He typed up the questions and he goes, "Here, I'm not going to be on the podcast. You guys ask these." And I'm like, "We're okay." So we're reading it. And we're like, ah. the level that me and Jim cosplay is like we would put on like a football jersey to watch football. That that is like the level of dressing up that Jim and, and and I have ever ever done. So so to hear the cosplay stories, it's interesting to me. I've just never done it. Maybe we have to go to a comic con to fully understand it. Oh, let's do it. Can we can we make that a thing? Can we do that? Can we're gonna I, we're gonna I have to commission you guys for that right now. We'll yes. have to do it. Yes, That's what we'll do. Like I, there, I I work with plenty of people that do it too. Like I, I'm just I'm missing out on something, and I have to discover it. So that's what we'll do. That's oh, good. That's gonna. Wonderful. That's now on my bucket list. Go to a comic con. Wait, with Nyla. Official. Go to a comic con with Nyla Rose. Yes, Nyla we Rose. will have to it's go official. with you. Yes. Speaking right. of of actually seeing Nyla Rose in the flesh this Saturday, Nyla, the eighth of October, you'll be at Rogue Women Warriors um, in Stevens, Pennsylvania, part of the Rogue Women Warrior Atomic Championship Wrestling match. You will be there, and you will be facing Rebecca Payne. Um, who always seems to have some outside interference. So definitely watch out for that. Have you uh, have you yeah, wrestled I, Rebecca before? I have. I faced her one time. You know, she she was solo dolo. So I do appreciate the heads up. Um, I, I've I've been watching her a little bit recently. You know, I did my homework, and you're right. She does tend to somehow, one way or another, get a little bit of extra help, and that's all right. That's all right mm-hmm. because. You know, when it's two people, it's usually a lot more fun than one person. So that's twice the amount of asses I get to kick. There you that's absolutely. a good Saturday for me. That is a good Saturday. Um, have you prepared any differently for this match, knowing that it's it's usually her manager, Gillette, that's in her corner, that, that seems to slink her way into the match. Have you prepared any differently for this match that you would any other match? Uh, a little bit. I've been playing the new Destiny expansion pack, working on my peripheral vision. Okay. Um, so I feel I feel that's going to help me out because while I'm focusing on the one target in front of me, I got my peripheral focusing on everything else. So hopefully this new strategy will will be effective, and and I'm going to kick a lot of butt cheeks. Well, that uh, that sounds like a like a pretty uh, pretty good plan. Got to right have there. good perifs. Yes, yes. Be, be, right. Be ready for anything. Uh, besides your own match, of course, uh, are there any matches at this weekend's event, either the Rogue Women Warriors or Atomic Championship Wrestling, that you are uh, looking forward to seeing? You know, honestly, I'm looking forward to seeing the entire show. Um, I got to admit, I'm a little bit guilty. Uh, this weekend, I've moved into a new house. so oh, Congratulations. Primarily mm-hmm. been on not breaking my stuff as I get it from point A to point B. But I can I can honestly tell you this. Every rogue show, every atomic show, the first one was amazing and each show just gets better and better and better. So the first one was amazing. You can only imagine what this one's gonna be. Only imagine what the next one's gonna be. Definitely do not want to miss this show. We got we got some special guests on the show. We got Lucha Underground stars. We got impact stars on the show. Definitely do not want to miss the entire show. I cannot pick out one single match. It's just it's gonna be a bunch of it's gonna be banana sandwich this Saturday. 
tons of banana sandwiches. Absolutely. We have uh, Angelina Love. I believe she's taking on Jordan Grace this week. Um, Cortez Castro from uh, from Loser Underground is taking on Ox Hog. Um, also appearing, I think Lefisto is going to be there. Obviously, we talked about Nyla Rose. You're taking on uh, Rebecca Payne uh, this Saturday. It's uh, October the 8th at uh, Atomic Championship Wrestling and Rogue Women Warriors. Stevens, Pennsylvania, they still do have some tickets available. Left at the door, get there early. Um, Nyla, this is a question we always like to ask all of our guests um, before we wrap up any 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 sort of the uh, and wrap up the interview here. Uh, if you could have a dream match with anybody, past or present, male or female, any stipulation, doesn't matter, who would you want your dream match to be against? You know... This question, I get asked this question a lot, and it's ever, ever evolving because wrestling is ever, ever evolving. Um, yeah, I have a couple, actually. If, if I could, I'll rattle them off real quick. That's fun. Couple's uh, fine, sure. <laughs> Mickey James, just because, you know, she's, she's uh, an idol to me. You know, growing up, seeing her do her thing, and it was just like, wow, here's this chick kicking butt. So definitely... Mickey James, any venue, any promotion, when that finally does happen, because I'm going to speak it into existence, when that finally does happen, I will cry so many tears of joy that match, win or lose, just because that is like a personal benchmark for me. Um, TNA's Jade uh, in a TNA ring, because that means I will have a TNA contract. Sure. <laughs> um, just because uh, she started... At Kaida, uh, that's where, hey, I don't know if I was going to say that, but she did. Started at Kaida. <laughs> don't kill me, Jade. I love you. Um, so, so to have a match against her on, on such a big stage, having trained with her in the very beginning, that would be a lovely kind of like way to wrap things up. Um, and then just for personal reasons, me and Maria Manic, either Lucha Underground, TNA, WWE, NXT, um, again, just because helping her out, get her start, then taking it to that next level, and then finally that next, next, next big, big level, I think that would be incredible. It would be a fun match to watch, that's for sure. I mean, from seeing both of you guys in the ring live, that would be definitely fun and a, and a great backstory to that match. Let's make that, that one match. a cage match. Can Hell yeah. That? Let's make me and Maria Manic cage match. You would love that. Absolutely would. Absolutely would. Well, uh, Nyla, if the, if you have nothing else to add, we again we would just want to thank you uh, for joining us here tonight. And uh, if there's anything you want to add uh, that that we might have missed, feel free. If not, uh, let people know where they can follow you on social media and any uh, upcoming bookings uh, beyond Atomic and Rogue Women Warriors this weekend, uh, where people can catch you. Oh, absolutely. Thank you, guys. Again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A thousand thank yous. Um, I want to thank all of Japan for letting me into your country in the first place. Um, I see I told you it's going to be my good behavior, and I was. Um, but yeah, you guys, fans, people, I love you all. Thank you for supporting me. Please come out, Stevens PA. Check us out, Rogue. Um, I need some Twitter followers. Come follow me. Stalk me. Help me out. Get my Twitter up. That's Native Nye, N-A-V-N-Y on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, sometimes I put up some exclusive content on my Twitter and my Instagram. You won't find that on Facebook. But Instagram is Native Beast, N, the number 8, V, Beast, Native Beast. Instagram, Native Nye on Twitter. 
follow me, please. All right, Nyla, thank thank you again for joining us, and uh, best of luck this weekend. Thank you, guys. All right, have a good night. Awesome, thank you. But we have a great guest tonight, and we're going to get to him right now. Uh, Travis Flip Gordon, welcome in. Uh, welcome back, I should say. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me back. Hey, man, welcome back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was, I think, in January of last year we had you on the show uh, as a guest. We've had you on a few times on the uh, Legacy Post shows. So um, you, you're, you're probably our most frequent guest, and that's 100% a good thing. Awesome. I'm glad to be your most. Um, guess. All right. Guess, I would say. I know on uh, Legacy, I'd always just pop in just for the fun of it, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, like we, like I said, we had you on, uh, the show January of last year for, well, before we, before we get started. And again, oh, I, I think I, this is happens when you stick me in the background. That is what happens. Flip, I think the most important thing we need to know today, you put out on your Facebook page. Are you the only person that eats frozen broccoli? Did you find out, are there other folks that eat frozen broccoli with you? There are other people, and I am not the only one. All right, that is that is that is a load off my chest to know that you're not the only one. <laughs> Ryan, do you? It's like a healthy. It's like a healthy snack. Yeah. No, go ahead. Ask your question, Jim. Ryan, do you enjoy frozen broccoli? I I don't. No, I don't like broccoli to begin with. You can see on the videos that we're not the right. the smallest of folks. So uh, I, I pass on the frozen broccoli normally. <laughs> Uh, I'll eat cooked broccoli. I, I've never tried it frozen. I, I, I can't say I don't like it. I've never tried it. Maybe I'll try. I'll let you know. I'll let you know, Flip, if I if I give that a try. Yeah, you just got to buy the frozen broccoli from the store, and then you just open the bag and eat it. There you go. It's, it's already simple. pre-cooked because that's why it's frozen. That's why all you have to do is heat it up. So it's already cooked. So it's not like you're eating raw broccoli. You're just eating frozen broccoli. Right. All right. Well, uh if I if I ever do give that a try, I will uh, I will let you know. But uh, uh, th- Ryan, any any other any other pop up questions? No, that was the only one. All right, perfect. Um, <laughs> since since the uh, last time we had you on, uh, for people that uh, don't know, um, besides your UK tour, we're going to touch on that a little more in depth. Uh, what what have been some of your uh, biggest achievements in the in the past year? Oh, geez, in the last year. I've wrestled Cody Rhodes, Jushin Thunder Liger, Ricochet. Um, I've wrestled in over, I think it's 12, 13 states now. All right. Canada, obviously the UK. So I've made the rounds. Not bad for only been doing this for about a year and a half, almost two years. Sure. Jim, and now I do have another pop-up question. All right. This is going to happen all night long. Um, the winner, Andy Weinberg, just chimed in, and he goes, Flip, where's Andy Weinberg's shirt that you owe him? I do owe him a free shirt, <laughs> and I haven't seen him in probably almost a year, but no I have way. not forgotten. He hasn't forgotten you, Andy. There you have it. Your shirt will be on the way. Thank you, uh, Andy, for that question. Uh, Jim, we are going to pop back into ours. Uh, now, now, Flip, the last time we talked... Uh, and really, the first time we ever got to meet you, uh, you were kind of going by the persona Air Gordon. Um, but now that's kind of morphed into the Flip Army, which has definitely been growing in numbers. What sparked the change? And is that more of an evolution of just yourself and, and the character becoming more you? Well, I started off as Flip Gordon, and I didn't. I felt like I was being pigeonholed. 
okay. to just doing flips. And I, I like, I don't want to be just that flippy guy. Although I am a flippy guy. Like, I don't want to be just that flippy guy. So I tried changing it more to like Air Gordon, kind of like a rip off of Air Jordan. Mm-hmm. And that way it's like, oh, I'm a high flyer, so I'm air. But it just wasn't me. Like, I'm flip. Like, that's just who I am. And so it just naturally went back to Flip Gordon, Travis Flip Gordon. And and then I started including, because I'm in the Army, the Army aspect of it. Uh, and it's kind of, I'm able to be myself now because it kind of just transitioned very naturally. And that's how the Flip Army came about. Awesome. Now, you recently returned home uh, your first trip to the U.K., uh, and congratulations on that, by the way. Um, Thank you. Uh, how does the process of an American wrestler getting booked in England, uh, how, does that, how does that go? I got really lucky, and they actually hit me up and invited me to come over there. So I know it's not as easy for some other wrestlers, because I know some other wrestlers have been trying and have been like sending their stuff over and don't get any responses or they get denied. So I feel very blessed and lucky to be given the opportunity to not only go over there, but to accomplish so much when I went over there as well. Now, was this, uh, was this your first trip, uh, outside of the United States? Um, outside the United States and Canada. Yes. I went to Canada last month. Okay. And, and what, um, I'm trying to think of the best way to answer, uh, to ask it. Like, what was what was your reason? Why did you want to get go to the UK? Um, just to go international. Um, I'm always looking to expand um, the flip army, obviously, and then to expand my knowledge of wrestling, uh, especially with the whole United Kingdom tournament that was on WWE Network. Um, obviously, it's a completely different style over there than it is here in the states. And it was just kind of one of those things where if I want to be one of the best wrestlers in the world, I got to travel and I got to learn. And you never stop learning in this business. And if you stay in the same spot, you're only going to keep wrestling in front of the same fans, in front of the same audience. So I want to expand that audience and expand that range of people I can meet and reach uh, through my wrestling. Sure. Now, uh, on your trip over there, you found some success uh actually very quickly, uh, winning some Battle Royals, and then you uh, captured the LDN British Championship. Um, how did you feel capturing that title so quickly? Uh, it was amazing. Uh, it was surreal. Um, at first, like I didn't even believe it really happened. Um, but like I said, it's just one of the things I feel very blessed to have been given the opportunity to go over there and to win a British Heavyweight Championship on top of everything else. It's just amazing. And not only that, I got to bring it back here to the States. And now it's not just a British championship. It's an LDN World Heavyweight Championship. So, Yeah, that that is uh, actually a great tie-in to, to, to the next question I have for you. Um, you're actually the first person to have won it and brought it back to the United States. Um, will you be able to defend that championship on, on U.S. soil? Um, I can't defend the LDN British Championship. Um, they are re- going to recrown a British champion over there. I believe it's tomorrow or the next day. Um, but they are making me a custom LDN 
world championship that I will be able to defend over here in the States. Oh, fantastic. Um, so I, I guess the, the next obvious question would be, uh, will you be returning to the UK to uh, d- defend the title over there? Uh, yes, I will be. Uh, do, you, do you have a date? Do you have a, a, a time announced that you will be yet? Uh, I'll be going back there um, towards the end of May. All right. <laughs> Um, and, and I, and I guess, uh, one thing that, uh, you know, a lot of guys like to be and, and like to be considered would be kind of a, as a, as a fighting champion. Is that something you want to be kind of when, when you get that, uh, world, world title moniker and, and you are able to, uh, defend it anywhere? Are you going to, uh, defend it at, at any chance you can? Of course. I would absolutely love to defend it anywhere and everywhere that I can. Um, there's a, it's a special deal I have over there with the UK and the LDN company. <clears throat> so I'm really looking forward to that partnership with me and them and being able to help get their name out more over here, which is in return is going to open up opportunities for more Americans to go over to the UK as well as, um, British people to come over here as well. So I really feel blessed and fortunate enough to be like that guy that's kind of opening the doors between England and America for wrestlers to go over there, for them to come here. It's almost like a partnership and I'm like the first to do it. So it's kind of cool. Awesome. Yeah. We've seen a lot of, a lot of talk about people traveling to Europe and, and, and coming back over here. Do you think the WWE United K tournament had a lot to do with that and then kind of popularizing the, the, the British style of wrestling that we're seeing now kind of being introduced in the United States? I do. I think a lot of it, you have Zack Sabre Jr. who's over here. Um, you have Will Ospreay. He hasn't made his way over here too much, just with Ring of Honor. But you have all these British guys that are blowing up right now, and I think it is like a friendly competition, you know? It's America versus uh, the UK, and it's like, who's better type of thing. Sure. Two completely different styles, and I think when they mesh together, it, magic just happens. Now, uh, I, I think we saw the announcement earlier. We didn't want to say anything. We'll let you do that. Uh, but do you have any uh, set uh, other countries that you're looking to get booked into, maybe for the first time we're returning to in 2017? Uh, yeah. Um, next month, I'm actually debuting in Mexico um, for Crash down in Tijuana. Don't drink the water. And then obviously I just announced, uh, what was it, yesterday that I'm going to Ireland. So there's two more countries. My goal, would li- I would love to go to uh, Germany before 2017 is up. Okay. As well as maybe Portugal or Spain. Awesome, awesome. Obviously, uh, some pretty great goals. Uh, Three Count Thursday, NGSCSports.com, also on Facebook Live. We are here with Travis Flip Gordon. Just a a few more questions, Travis, uh, for tonight. Uh, It's been announced you're going to make your WrestlePro debut in April. Uh, What made you want to work for that company? Obviously, we've seen a lot of great uh, competition go through there. Like you said, a lot of great competition. Obviously, I have a bunch of friends that wrestle over there for WrestlePro. Um, I've had a lot of people throw my name out to the people that run WrestlePro, and they reached out to me, and it was, like, just a wonderful opportunity for me and for them. And so something, you know, and when you start making the rounds, you want to wrestle everywhere, and there's nothing but good things about WrestlePro, so it's a win-win for everybody. 
now Travis on the uh, on the live feed the Facebook feed that we are running um oh, I just lost it uh gentleman just commented uh that it's best that you keep that championship belt close that he'll be winning it back real soon and that's from Daniel Curtis do you, have, uh, do you have a response? Do you have a response to that? As soon as he gets over here, you can come try to win it back. But I don't see that happening anytime soon. I love him, but he's got he's got he's got to step his game up. He's winning it back. Yeah, the title belt looks uh, mighty comfortable in your hands. So uh, there you have it, uh, Mister Curtis. Uh, now the last time, Flip, that we've talked to you. Uh, we, we talked about your goals and then we, we always ask the dream match. Um, is there anything else specifically that, that you'd really hope to do this year? Um, I know you said kind of wrestle in two other countries. Uh, is, is Japan that's something on your radar? I know that's oftentimes a, a pretty big goal. Let, let's just kind of continue. What, what do your goals look like a year later? Um, Japan is definitely something I would love to do. Um, Obviously, wrestling is different because in the past it used to just be WWE, but people can make a living now working just on the indies or for Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, Lucha Underground, AAA, New Japan. Um, There's so many options out there now that it's so hard to say. Obviously, my dream growing up has always been to be a WWE superstar, and that's still my ultimate dream and goal. Um, For this year... I just want to become the best wrestler that I can become. I hope that I can get on national television, whether it's on a contract or just a date-to-date deal. Um, But I would love to just learn as much as I can over this next year and become the best wrestler that I can. And I just want to travel the world and be a full-time professional wrestler. Perfect. Hard to argue uh, with those goals. Now, we did open it up uh, this week on our Twitter page, uh, which is at 3 Count Thursday. If you're not following along, you should probably do that. Uh, but we opened up the fan questions, and uh, Stu uh, asked this. He said, did you enjoy the family-friendly good guy versus bad guy style at the LDN shows more than things you've done in the past? Um, I really did, because it's uh, basic storytelling. It's like basic wrestling um it's the british style of wrestling um it's something that i don't get to do much anymore because a lot of people at least stateside they want to see high flyer versus high flyer being a high flyer normally you're a baby face or a good guy and so i do a lot of friendly competitions with people that i'm really good friends with so it's a little bit it was definitely a little different and a learning experience to always being the good guy over there, even though I'm a good guy everywhere. But just it's different. It was awesome. I loved it. And, uh, like, definitely a learning experience for sure. All right, perfect, Stu. Again, thank you uh, for submitting that question. And, and Travis, that's really uh, all the uh, all the questions that we have. Make sure you let people know, uh, you know, where they can get some of the Flip Army gear, uh, where they can follow you on social media, and if there's anything that uh, we missed that you want to add, feel free to uh, add that as well. Okay, yeah. Um, on Twitter and Instagram is the Flip Gordon, and that's Gordon O N not A N. And then on Pro Wrestling Tees, it's uh, prowrestlingtees.com slash Gordon as well. Facebook is Travis Gordon, or you can like my page at Travis Flip Gordon. 
All right, sounds good, Travis. Again, we enjoyed having you back on the show. I'm sure we'll uh, see you at times throughout this year, but uh, best of luck as you uh, you know, are starting to travel the world a little bit more. Uh, one of our favorites, and uh, we wish you nothing but the best. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it, and I appreciate you having me on. All right, hey, talk, yeah. talk to you again soon. Yeah, it was our pleasure. Thank you. All right, thanks, guys. Take care. Tonight, Ryan, uh, we have a returning guest to the show, she is Kelly Klein, and she is joining us right here on Three Count Thursday. Kelly, welcome into the show. Was that was that it? That uh oh, Ryan, Hi. do do better, Ryan. Jimmy, I, you dropped the ball. I did, Ryan. Do better. I you put me on the spot, ladies and gentlemen. Our returning guest. This is the first ever two time guest to Three Count Thursday. That is a woman. Yes, David Starbeater to the punch. That is true, ladies and gentlemen. Our favorite female wrestler's female wrestler, <laughs> Kelly Klein. Was Wait a that, minute. Was that a little better? Oh, no. Who's your favorite female wrestler? Uh, Kelly Klein. Shit. You Ruff. backed me into a corner oh, already. We, we are failures. We are absolute failures, and we apologize. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um. Well, that was it was a play on, on David Starr. Uh, no, I, I know. Okay. Ryan, you you don't have to defend insult, yourself on that insult one. Don't Poorly executed. It was absolutely poorly executed. I give myself an F for that. I'll try better next time. Okay. You you will be our first. That's okay. That's all you can do. Three time guest, if if you're willing to come back after Hopefully. this debacle. Yeah. And then we'll make you the first three time guest. Well, I am very competitive, so for that you may be able to persuade me. All right. All right. See. All right. All right. Hopefully. All right. Well, so Ryan and I can get out of our own way. Let, let, let's jump into the <laughs> questions here. Um, the, the last time we had you on the show, uh, you were wrestling as Mary Elizabeth Monroe, um, which, of course, you you now uh, are Kelly Klein. Um, what made you come to the, the decision? What what prompted the, the change? Well, I wanted to be um, able to use my real name to wrestle for a long time, and it really was just a, a good time to do that when I was going to be debuting for ring of honor. And I knew that if I debuted under any other name that I would kind of be stuck with that. So I took the opportunity to start using my real name. And, um, you know, that was just when, when I was able to work it out, I had tried to do it before, um, when I was doing some independent shows and I, I think I wrestled under um, my real name maybe twice, um, just kind of random places and I never really had, um, partly the support and then also just, um, the confidence to say, Hey, this is what I want to do. So it was good timing and a good opportunity. And I, I just knew that it was kind of now or never. <laughs> okay. And, and was it, was it maybe difficult at all to, to kind of make the change or to kind of build a brand a little bit, um, you know, as, uh, Mary, Mary Elizabeth Monroe, you, you know, you had gear you, you, and, and, and shirts and things like that. Um, or were you, were you just ready to, to kind of make that change when you made it? Well, I had built a brand, but that was not, uh, my crutch. That was all, um, coming from me. So I, I didn't feel, um, any, any kind of concern that I couldn't build, build my brand around using Kelly Klein and there are so many things about um, who I am that really everything um, in, in both 
if you would call them personas, are they're me. There are some that are more concentrated um, in one way or the other. So maybe one in in this situation as Kelly Klein um, or this incarnation, the competitive side is much more highlighted, but um, everything is still me and, and was me. So just finding a way to brand that with my real name wasn't something I was I was afraid to tackle because I had done it all before with Mary Elizabeth and I'd had to do everything from scratch before. So, um, you know, I knew that I knew how to do that and I knew that I had, um, you know, still kind of the same material and the things that made people um, gravitate toward me were not that I was able to come up with um, acronyms and catchy phrases. Those were things that um, helped people, you know, kind of, um, maybe get like more involved or latch on, but those weren't the things that made people want to um, want to follow me or want to be involved with me at all. Um, so, you know, th- those things were still the same as far as who I was and, and how I interact with, um, with my colleagues and fans and everybody. Uh, so just, you know, finding another, basically another catchphrase or another thing to um, kind of give them to attach to that uh, was all I really had to do. Now, did you did you purposely try? I mean, Mary Elizabeth Monroe always seemed a bit more fun spirited, whereas Kelly Klein seems to be a bit more of just a, a straight badass. Was that like a purposeful thing that that you did there to kind of separate the two a little bit, or was that just a? Uh... Well, it wasn't to separate the two, but part of the reason that I I made the change at the time was because there was a role that needed to be filled, okay. and in order to do that, I I had to be able to bring out that other side of me, and that didn't feel congruent with mary elizabeth monroe anymore okay all right now since the last time we we had spoken with you um you really started on on quite a tear on the indie wrestling scene um since then like you had already said about uh, jumped over to uh ring of honor and women of honor um to what do you attribute your recent successes to and uh what are your expectations for your career moving forward like what does the rest of 2017 look like for kelly klein well, I, I definitely attribute a lot of my success to having the opportunity to train with Les Thatcher. And I, I say that with uh, a lot of confidence because I was sort of um, wandering aimlessly in a way for years and years with the intent and the desire, but um, lacking the proper guidance to get where I needed to be. So um, when I when I had the opportunity to work with him, things changed um, quickly where I was able to really accelerate um, my training and, and other people could see the difference too mm-hmm. um, and could see the results of the work I was putting in. But at the same time, and, and he'll tell you the same thing, um, you can't you can't make someone take that knowledge and take that insight. You know, he has that to offer, but... He he does seminars. He's um, owned you know his training schools mm-hmm. for years, and has offered his insight to hundreds and thousands of people. And not all of them have have chosen to um, you know really capitalize on it. So it's it's something that you know, it has to come from within. But then um, having the proper guidance was what made me um, be able to 
to take it where I needed to take it. So it's definitely a collaborative effort. Um, but I, you know, I couldn't have done it without him and he couldn't have done it had I not had the right you know, raw material. Sure. And I'm glad you, you brought up Les Thatcher. We, uh, we actually had him on, what about, uh, probably about a year ago, Jim. And, yeah, something uh, about that. Do you think I could just talk and, and just listen to Les Thatcher talk for the whole two hour show? Like, he was just such you a wealth should. of knowledge. Um, we'd love Everyone to have him. Should. Absolutely should. I mean, just as, as, as wrestling fans, podcasters, we learned so much just from hearing him speak. And he was just so well spoken um, that if you get a chance to, to go to one of Les Thatcher's uh, seminars or his schooling or anything, um, we would we would definitely recommend it. Um, and again, we're not we're not professional wrestlers, but, uh, you know, it would come as a recommendation, at least from us. Um, and we remember actually you, you spoke about Les Thatcher um, in terms of your training as well last time with us, and I think that's what ended up us trying to get him on our show. Um, we also know that B.J. Whitmer played a, a, a vital role in your training. Um, are there any other people um, who really stand out, um, maybe from the beginning or from you know recent uh, trainings, seminars, anything like that, that, that are helping you where you are now? Um, well, when I was training with Les, um, at first when I started to to go to his, his training um I guess about almost three years ago now, right around three years ago. Um, he also had one of his uh, previous students, Tarek, um, helping train. So he he was you know somebody that was really um, instrumental. And then um, and then BJ started helping train too. So they were both um, former students. But some, something else that was really important were basically my training partners there, the other guys that were in the class. Um, at the same time. And those were the guys that were showing up and, you know, we were, we were working together and um, we had to, you know, that's a situation where you have to be able to train with people that are kind of trying to work on the same level in a lot of ways. Um, so I, I don't know if they want me to say their names, so I think they know who they are, but that's fine. Um, yeah, fine. But they, um, you know, the, those guys, where they showed up and they worked with me and, and they, they didn't, um, they didn't work with me. Like I was the girl in the class. They worked with me. Like I was, you know, I was in the class just like them. And, um, you know, having, having training partners like that was, was very important. Um, and then, oh my gosh. I mean, any, any time I've been able to, to pop in to a class. Like I just um, recently was able to go through Louisville and take one of Rip Rogers training classes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've also worked with him at the NWA legends um, camp. I I did about three years ago. And then um, that was also, that included Nigel McGinnis, Lance Storm, and then, you know, Jerry Briscoe stopped by and and all of those people that, um, and then Tom Pritchard, of course. Um, Mm -hmm. So getting, getting insight and feedback um, and just getting the opportunity to work with all of those people who all have different, um, different takes and different approaches. Um, some, sometimes it's different opinions. Sometimes it's just a different way to present the same thing. Um, all of that is, is what um, me as a performer and an athlete can sort of take in and then kind of put it all together and make it my own. Um, and then, you know, once I was able to start working with ring of honor, um, again, Nigel and then Steve Perino. Um, you know, those those are guys that 
that gave me really good feedback and that I could go to with questions. And um, yeah, I knew Nigel from back when I first started at HWA. So he was somebody that from when I was like brand new and awful would, um, you know, sometimes like just before, before a show when we would just have a couple minutes to get in the ring and, and he would, you know, show me something or tell me something and um, certain things that just really stuck with me that were really important uh, that, you know, it's like, the, these little kernels that um, kind of make up the basis of of what I wanted to do and what I needed to do as a professional wrestler and how to um, you know become the best that I could and I and I wasn't able to do it at the time when he, when he was telling me those things because I didn't have all of the tools but once I um, you know, got the training and um, learned more about nutrition and fitness and and different things like that, then I had the tools to um, then go back and, and, you know, kind of latch onto those things that, that he and other people had told me and um, then really utilize those to, to take everything just the next step further. Okay. Awesome. Uh, we know you've added boxing uh, into your training and, and even into kind of uh, a, 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 you know, a more physical style into your repertoire. What is, what is, you know, added that in, in your training and everything. Um, how's that impacted your wrestling career? I think that one of the biggest things is just the, the movement and the way I carry myself. And of course it's one of the best workouts I've ever done. I, I remember when I did my first boxing class, um, I said, I have not, I've not worked this hard basically since I started training in wrestling and, and wrestling was the hardest thing I'd ever done. And I think um, in a lot of ways, they're, they're both very comparable, comparable to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was another way too, where when I didn't have a regular place to train wrestling, I could still get um, some of the sort of similar um, benefits from it that when I could go do boxing lessons and, and I could kind of practice, um, like I, I liked practicing strikes and thinking about different combos and, and how I could carry that over into wrestling. And then um, just that confidence and aggressiveness um, was something that I, I really had to take from boxing because in, in boxing, you just, you have to be, um, you, you just really have to be confident and you have to be aggressive. So that, that forced me to um, really, focus on that because in sometimes in wrestling you know you can you can get away with that and and still be safe um but sometimes not but in boxing you really can never get away with it (laughs) so um it it just helped make me more consistent uh so that i wouldn't have those times in wrestling where uh, maybe i was hesitating or not not as confident as i should be or need to be as you were listening to Three Count Thursday, we're chatting with Kelly Klein tonight. Uh, Kelly, your career with Women of Honor has really been incredible so far, going up against some of the best women wrestlers uh, in the industry today, and coming out on top each of those times. Has uh, any of your any match during your time in Women of Honor uh, stood out to you? Um, anything that you'd kind of consider your best match so far? Um, yeah, two of my favorites. Uh, one was at the first um all women's women of honor card in baltimore where i wrestled candace LeRae, and that was 
um, that was something that really it, it stuck with me because it was the first time I had really, um, I guess I hadn't, I hadn't really worked with somebody um, like Candace who kind of has the reputation that she does and um, works with the, the kind of, I guess the kind of style and the, the, just the, just the way she carries herself and the way she executes and everything. Um, it was the first time I went through a table. So that was <laughs> definitely um, a milestone in that way. Um, and then just, having an opportunity to to be the main event of the first full um, women on our card was was great and then um, I wrestled ODB uh, went for the episode that aired I think on the, the weekend like December 10th of 2016 and that was a big one for me because um, not only just because I I really respect her a lot and um, she's somebody that that I was able to to learn a lot from, but I also wrestled her when I was very very new, <laughs> <laughs> and um, she had to basically at that time, you know, she had to pick up the slack for me and kind of hold my hand through it because I, I mean, it was literally one of my first matches, so um, having the opportunity to then face her in the ring as as myself now having more experience and more training and more confidence and, and being able to um, contribute more <laughs> was, was something that was really cool for me. And just, um, and it, it was just a great experience to get to kind of come full circle in a way and then be able to um, sort of meet her face to face more as an equal. And that was, that was the match where you, uh, you submitted ODB, correct? Was well, that, that was at the end, out, or she yeah, passed out? So. Actually, um, we, we we do have a listener she, question. She may argue that. Okay, no, that's fair. Passed out's fine. Uh, that that's actually what the notes say. I I, I didn't want to read it if I was wrong. Um, we do have a listener question. He says, Kelly, um, how did you come up with your finishing submission move? Uh, that's from Scott Frame. Uh, so we'd like to know how you kind of came up with the end of the match finisher. Um, honestly, it originally. I think it just kind of came to me, if that makes sense. Um, because I, and maybe because I had a background in, in dance and athletics and improvisation and things. So um, it just kind of, not not that I, I am the first person that's ever done it. I'm sure other people have done similar things, but um, I hadn't seen anyone do it. And it was just something that kind of um, seemed like it would flow to me. So I, I tried it. I figured it out. And um, when I used to do it several years ago, um, I had a, a little bit of a different grip that uh, wasn't as effective of a grip for the submission. So I got some feedback on it um, in in training and figured out how to change it and, and make it a more legitimate air and blood choke um, so that I would really know. And again, that's why, you know, I, I want to do training with boxing and I want to do more training with other martial arts because I want the legitimacy and I want to make sure that I'm doing things correctly and accurately. So that was where I'd gotten some feedback and, and adjusted that to what you see today. 
All right, we know you've had a had a pretty impressive run uh, in in Women of Honor, and, and but you unfortunately had uh, your undefeated streak come to an end uh, somewhat recently, uh, losing to Karen Q uh, via countout. Um, do, does that uh, do, you, do you still kind of maybe view yourself as undefeated, seeing as it uh, came via countout, or and and do you want to get kind of well, your? She didn't beat me. She but, certainly didn't defeat me. That that that's very true. Um, and and do you? Uh, should we expect a, a a rematch that you can prove that, um, you know that that you should have should have won that you rightfully uh, won that match that, that and your streak should still be considered intact? Well, I'm not the person that has anything to prove. I mean, if anyone has anything to prove, it would be her having to prove that she could beat me because she didn't. Sure, sure. I mean, I think I've got a pretty well established track record. <laughs> Of what I'm capable of, Jim. I feel like you're trying to start stuff with that question. No, I just that's I am, how I feel. That, that is that is not that is not what I'm doing. Okay, I, I'm just I trying. know. And in poor poor little Karen, you know, it's like just paint a target on her back. Why don't you explain that to her next week? Right. I I will I will certainly have to do that. Um, <laughs> so I'm getting painted in, into a, a corner myself. I, so I, I may I can I sympathize. Hey, a little you're holding bit. the paintbrush. That, well, that, that that's true. I'm a terrible artist, apparently. Um, now moving on, so I don't get myself in any more trouble. Uh, a lot of wrestlers have put you uh, on their list of dream opponents, um, and and you know you're obviously not one to shy away from a challenge in any way. Uh, but is there anyone who is on maybe you know on your list? Of uh, of superstars that you have not wrestled yet. That is an excellent question. <laughs> um, Good redemption, it's, it's, James. It's a difficult question because uh, for a couple of reasons, there are so many women right now who are actively wrestling who are are really talented and there are also a lot of women who I may have worked with, but like I was saying, when I faced ODB the first time versus the last time I I was a different athlete and a different performer. Sure. So, you know, there are people who I I may have worked with in the past who, um, you know, they, they've grown and evolved and I've grown and evolved and, at any time you come together with somebody, it's, it's always going to be different. You know, you're, you're both just bringing these different things to the table and it's going to be sort of this different recipe. So, um, you know, it's just, and then there are so many women who I have yet to even see who are, are training hard. And, um, you know, I really, I really want to work with, with basically anybody who, is is interested in and in willing uh to to push me and challenge me like I will them and I want I just want to work with people who who commit and won't give up and um you know are, are willing to to go all out um one person that I I recently saw um some footage of that I'm interested in working with is Caitlin Diamond and I've not ever, I've not met her in person, um, but I, I liked um, just her approach and her style. In a lot of ways, it kind of reminded me of, of myself and like Kennedy Brink and, and women who are just, um, 
she she just has this this really kind of intense forward momentum determined kind of approach so i was you know that was something where i i thought okay i can really yeah i can get i can understand this and i can relate to this and um i'd like to see what happens if we both come with that kind of approach kind of what would happen that would be a fantastic match we had Caitlin on uh, not not too long ago, a couple months ago. Uh, we saw her live, and just even her entrance, um, you know, it's kind of all eyes on her, and she just demands um, the attention. Uh, definitely a a a very strong, strong, uh, well trained wrestler. So I could see you versus Caitlin Diamond. Uh, somebody needs to book that. Let's let's get, let's get that yes, out there. Please. That needs to be booked real quick. Speaking of speaking, Absolutely. of... I've been I've been trying to like plant the seeds for that, wow. so if you guys can just. Yeah, I'll spread that. Play this around. on a loop. Absolutely, that needs to happen. Um, now you've come pretty close to our neck of the woods. We are, uh, excuse me, losing my voice there. We're in uh, we're in Lancaster, uh, so central Pennsylvania. Um, pretty much Baltimore is kind of the closest you've been, and it always seems like the combination of us always has to work or something on Ring of Honor weekends when you guys are in Baltimore. So unfortunately, we've actually never guys, been able to. Ahead. I I I'm so bad at that. I am much more of like a, hey, what are you guys doing this weekend? Let's go check out wrestling type of guy. No, guys, ROHwrestling.com. Oh, I, I watch it every There's week. an events page with a calendar. Every week, Jay Lethal tells me can, to get the And then you breaks. can look at it. No, you look at it months ahead. Okay. What and was... go, oh, look, Baltimore. <laughs> ROHwrestling.com. I'm going to do it right after the interview. That would be. That's exactly what I'm going to do. <laughs> All right, so Ryan's going to be completely checked out Just of the rest. Totally of the... useless for the rest of the show. <laughs> That's fine, though. I'm going to do fine. it right now. Bye. <laughs> right now. Good luck, Jim. Um, are there are there any plans for you to come to the Central Pennsylvania area? Um, so on a whim, I might be able to see you. <clears throat> um, <laughs> well, plans are a whim. What are we doing here? I can I can plan I can plan it. I will be better. Be I'm, better. I'm learning a Be lot. Better, of, I'm learning a lot about myself Do tonight. Better. Apparently, <laughs> yeah, we we got some work to do. We really do. I have failed um, so much. <laughs> so right now, I don't have anything planned in Central Pennsylvania, though I am open to that. Um, I do have, I have um, something in Baltimore. On I think it's May nineteenth for fight wrestling that I would highly recommend. Um, so I think that's that would be it's on a Friday. I think that's using right. Maybe it's the eighteenth. I left my calendar in my car. This is terrible. But I'll 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 Twitter you guys. All right, that'll that'll, that'll be work. Perfect. We'll retweet it. May we'll nine, it on... May nineteenth is a Friday if it is, if it is May nineteenth. Okay, then that's right. That okay. is right. I was just I was confused because I'm th- trying to think of because I had to you know book book hotels like for the flight and I'm like wait I've got these hotels for these different nights and then I've got yeah so that's it. Um, and then I don't know if you've um, checked rohwrestling.com. Um, they will be in Philly. On um, Mother's Day, I take mom out for wrestling. Take mom Ryan out for wrestling, she'll love that. May fourteenth, yeah, <laughs> she'll love that. I'll do that. Okay, we can do that. Yeah. Okay. 
we'll right. See. All right. That's good. Um, this is this is a question directly from Matt, our producer. I don't do yes. anything with these. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming you know what's coming, but uh, it always seems weird for me to just go way off of a wrestling whim and ask these questions. So last time you were on, Kelly, we had you tell us uh, which four Disney princesses would compete for a championship in a four-way match. Um, and Matt says you had had some questionable choices. I don't. No, they weren't questionable. I didn't think they were questionable either. Yeah, not at all. That's all Matt. Matt's, all Matt's, Matt. Matt's kind of a weird <laughs> Disney fan. Um, so this time we're going to challenge you. You need to book a, a four-way match with four Disney princesses. Who would you book and who comes out on top? And Matt says you can't use Simba. Okay, I wouldn't. So I wouldn't look princes. at. I wouldn't look at Simba as a prince anyway. But that's neither here nor there. So we're looking for four Disney princes. Well, that's we are going to have to save that for a totally different interview. Oh, okay. that, that'll be on. The, yeah, that'll be when you're when you're back for the third time. We'll we'll, we'll tuck okay, that one we'll, away. We'll discuss Simba's status. Yes. Okay. So you would you would classify okay, so though him as a prince. That we can't. We're not talking about that now. Okay. No time. Okay. Yeah, no time. Yeah. Stay, you got to come back. Stay to on that track, one. Ryan. Stay My on bad. track. All right. Yeah. On. On focus. ROHWrestling.com. Um, Got it. <laughs> stay on message. So what? what is it? It's, uh, it's a four-way match. It's a four-corner survival? Sure, yes. And it is with four princes. Okay. I, um, I did get that question ahead, and I remember looking at it going, who are the princes? The ones I remember are so whiny and bland. <laughs> <laughs> and... Let's see. So, does Hercules count, or no? Because he's a demigod, and we're not counting him as a prince. Is that that's what we see? What we need to do is first we need to have an interview where we establish the status of all of the primary male Disney characters. Okay, that's fair. We know one of our listeners, uh, Rob Noxious, said he he would classify Simba as a king. Not as a prince, well, which would still eliminate him for this Mufasa question. Mufasa was king. Mufasa was king. Oh, good point. Damn. So we, we really should have had Matt for this question. <laughs> Matt, Matt has Matt at has, the beginning he, or at, at yeah, in, in the sequel, Lion King one and a half. Which one? Ooh. Matt Matt has contacted me. He said uh, that four male Disney characters will work. Uh, it doesn't necessarily Humans? doesn't necessarily have to be princes. It can be. For any four male characters, okay. if that makes it easier or harder, uh, I, I am not sure on that one. Okay, and and so we're just cho- now we're just using the four best competitors, or I'm like, I would assume I choose four and then say who would win. If if you were booking it, the four that would draw the best. Okay. And he's upset um, that you didn't pick Mulan last time. He just messaged me that. <laughs> So I don't Wait, know. What did he say? I was just about to say. He said he said he's upset that you didn't pick Mulan last time. Because he said princesses. See, see, Matt, you need to you need to get better too. It's not just us. Because I thought she's she's a great because like Mulan and Merida are are obvious, you know, but they're technically like Mulan's not considered a princess. Fair enough. So there, Matt. So, he said he will allow Hercules. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> I have no see. clue what's going on anymore. Hercules. And then Flynn. 
<laughs> and then, oh my gosh, I'm blinking. Um, what is the male lead from Mulan? I, I, we, Ryan and I are completely helpless there. Yeah, right in. <laughs> yeah, we're we we are completely. We cannot help you there. We we are we're bad at this Disney stuff. I was good with the Lion King. I I, I remember <laughs> seeing that one. And then, um, so I guess like beast in human form. Okay. Okay. I mean, he looked good on the poster, and then people would be like, "Ah, oh, he's like, he's, sure. you know, he's in human form. He's got that ferocity." But if we need if we need a bad guy, then Gaston. Okay, Gaston's fair. Okay, so that would be your four. I don't even know what four I said. <laughs> so what do we we said Hercules, Flynn, Beast, Gaston, and and Beast, and Beast. All right, those are the four. I don't know. I'm gonna have to rework that. I don't like it. Okay. All right, if you re- rework it, we you know we'll make sure we uh we get a post out on all of our social media to so because the the listeners of the show uh will absolutely want 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 to hear a better four. But out of those four, who would well who... because my my thing is just that if if we're talking about what's going to draw and what's going to be entertaining, then if Gaston's the only jerkwad in the group, you know it's I mm-hmm. don't know. We we I, I think this we, is harder for me that probably than it is for you, because I don't even I don't I mean I know who Gaston is, and her I I know who they are. I just I don't recall watching any of the movies. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm just not a movie guy. Matt really stuck us with this question. Like Prince Philip in Sleeping Beauty is not bad, but see the thing the problem with the Disney princess princes is that in a lot of the the main Disney films the princes were supporting and a lot of them actually didn't really have a lot of characteristics they were just these very um simple archetypes okay what about tarzan probably wasn't until like once we got into probably about like little mermaid and then like beauty and the beast and aladdin when you start getting male characters with more depth okay was so aladdin would not make it into this match well, that's the question. We have to we we got to categorize all of them. Figure okay. out who's a prince, and you know because at we're, first he he wasn't technically a prince. We're definitely going to have to do a part three of this to figure this all out. Yeah, and we're going to have to have Matt in studio here. A... Matt's the guy that comes up with the Disney questions. We'll have to have him classify it, and uh, and we'll have to do a part three to fix this. It, or maybe, or maybe the question just needs to be reworked. Sometimes it's it's not the answer. The classification is just. We oh, need I'm to not saying the, the answer. I'm throwing Matt straight under the bus. Yeah, it's not I'll, the answer. I'll I'll help him throw Matt under the bus no, entirely. No, it's not that. <laughs> we do have another listener question. If you have time. Sure. He uh, he wants to know Kelly. Who was your favorite uh, your favorite tag team? I mean, and then he listed three. It, it doesn't have to be, I guess, any of these three. He listed uh, the revival, the Young Bucks, or the Broken Hardies. But uh, do you have a favorite tag team right now? The Briscoes. Obviously. Yeah. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. Clearly. Dem boys. Are they everybody's favorite? Right, man up. Yeah, I mean, we're... simple didn't even didn't even end, enter his his line of questions, but it makes total sense there. 
yeah, I mean, that's if I, if now if I was choosing between the, the examples he gave, I, I don't even, I, I don't know that I could answer that. No, I understand. I don't know. That's a tough one. It is, but if I was just, you know, off the top of my head, like I'd watch the Briscoes any day. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely would. I think I think they're also um in my opinion, and I could just be making this completely up, but I feel like they have um a, just a really broad appeal too. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, agree with that. I mean, uh, I think I think they can grab any type of wrestling fan audience and then people outside of wrestling uh can probably find something to enjoy about them yeah that's yeah so that would that's where i would go with that all right so uh disney aside uh and, and all of that we, we we've had a lot of fun uh here with you tonight and we will make sure that uh, when we have you back on uh matt will be in studio we'll we'll get these disney questions uh figured out and worded much much better uh, we'll make. We'll, yeah, we'll... I'm thinking maybe I'll I'll work up a tournament card for th- these Disney guys. Perfect. To, there it is. Perfect. To, I think that's. Idea. I think that's where we need to go with this. That that is perfect. And uh, so so that is something to look forward to. Um, but before we let you go, is, is there anything uh that you'd like to add? And and uh, after that, um, make sure you let people know where they can follow you on social media and keep track of uh, all the exciting things you're up to. Well, um, yeah, I definitely do need to update my social media with you guys because it's changed. Um, (laughs) And it's really easy. It's Real Kelly Klein. And that's the same for Twitter and Instagram. Um, And then if somebody were to, you know, want to email me to um, book me to appear, like in Central PA or something like that, then <laughs> that would be real Kelly Klein at AOL.com. Um, and, and yeah, if you just take a look at my social media, um, particularly my Twitter, I keep that updated um, with my upcoming events next week. I will be, Oh, this is breaking news. Yay. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be actually uh, traveling out of the country for my first time to wrestle in Nova Scotia. Awesome. Um, Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's next week. <laughs> so that's, that's very exciting for me. Um, and I'll be working for um, UCW in Nova Scotia for, uh, I've got four events. I think it's um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday next week. And then I will be in um, New Jersey on May 13th, the Saturday before Mother's Day. And let's see. See, I told you guys about Baltimore, Philly. Yeah, so Ryan wrote those down. Uh, And that's for the the War of the Worlds tour, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, And then I I should be, before that, I will be, um, I don't know in what capacity, but I will be in Dearborn um, with Ring of Honor the the Wednesday before that. So I will be around and... um, but I, I also am, am always interested in going new places and getting in front of new fans. I like to meet my fans. So, um, you know, if, if you're listening and you know of a place that um, you 
could get to and, and, you know, go see a live event, tell the promoter or whoever that you want to meet me. And, you know, that's, that's the best way to do it. Cause I know, you know, like you guys said, sometimes you can't and everybody can't always travel to where some events are, but if sure. you can get me to you, then, um, you know, I like to do my best to, to try to meet everybody I can. All right. Absolutely. Kelly, again, thank you for joining us. Uh, we look forward to, uh, hopefully seeing you here in the in the future as Ryan wrote down the dates we're going to try uh, to make plans here uh, to get out and, and see you when you are uh, even relatively close to where we are and we look forward to talking to you again uh, in the future best of luck thank you so much guys thank you Kelly